How high will Bijan Robinson be drafted tonight? Will the veteran wide receivers get pushed up the draft board? And does Genesis or Revelations for the umpteenth year in a row truly set the FFPC ADP? Join us tonight for live pick-by-pick -pick coverage of the first FFPC 150 Classic Leagues of the season. The Genesis and the Revelations Leagues, we've got a great show for you. Aiden LaCorey is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. The pressure, I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Silence in the scripture. Are we not all our father's sons? I became a man. Nobody ever told me what a man was. Welcome in, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Join us tonight. It's live pick-by-pick -pick coverage of the FFPC Genesis and Revelations Draft. Thank you to Rob, and greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Liquorians. Yeah, that's my new one for Aiden tonight. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed uh, Aiden LaCory, the FFPC Media and Marketing Coordinator, filling in for uh, Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football and the boss of the KFFSC.com. Uh, we uh, we want to um, tell you that uh, we will be covering the first FFPC 150 classic drafts of the season live pick by pick right here on YouTube for the next um, hour plus. It might be two hours. It may not be. Aiden, you are the expert on this. Welcome in, man. Thanks so much for filling in tonight. I appreciate you. And uh, you're the expert here. Welcome aboard. Are you, how excited are you to see all these high-stakes guys that will not only be drafting in the Fantasy Pros Championship, but the FFPC main event as well? I mean, I'm excited. Big shoes to fill, right? I mean, Phil and no, Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You are the expert for live draft coverage. Yeah, in fact, um, and I'll give uh, Aiden this plug, anytime you see live best ball coverage, live main event coverage later in the season, Fantasy Pros Championship coverage, Aiden will normally be guiding the ship. Um, and uh, you are the expert here tonight. You've seen some drafts so far this uh, so far this um, this year. What are you excited to see tonight when we cover these 150 best balls or uh, 150 classics? I should say. I mean, off the bat, I think it's the, the trendy answer. But Bijan Robinson's going to be the hottest commodity in fantasy all season. I think in the the draft season that is, uh, he's the the name. Um, everyone wants him. We've seen him. 101 in some dynasty startups. I think Fantasy Mojo is always a great resource for FFPC yes. players. He was posting that even in some classic leagues, I believe in one of the best ball tournaments, he's going 101. He goes at the 106 here. I I have him as my RB1 this year. Uh, I, I am an expert in conducting live draft coverage. I wouldn't consider myself an expert. I'm just I'm just a guy. In conducting live draft coverage, you are an expert. There we friend. go. But I'm yeah. all in on Bijan this year. I love that. But as you said at the start, you mentioned it. These kind of drafts, in a way, set ADP in some respects. People look to them, and it's always good. I love seeing these early drafts in, in May 
that's still early, right? We think when we do the never too early best ball, we did some coverage in March. We see him popping off in late January. Those are crazy to me. May is still crazy. I'm excited to see uh, how the ADP is getting set. Well, and, and the ADP will get set tonight, uh, no doubt, as we shout out to Tupacker, who is not in any of the uh, the Genesis or Revelations drafts tonight. But this is a guy who has always said, Revelation sets the ADP. And we've had pushback on that. No, Genesis sets the ADP. We will find out who truly sets the ADP based on what happens tonight. We're going to be live with you for the next two hours. Um, we're going to get some interviews from the drafters uh, going on tonight. Some of these drafters are drafting live in both the Genesis and Revelations. More to come on that. Hey, as a reminder, you can win $1 million in the uh, fantasy, the inaugural Fantasy Pros Championship, just a $350 entry fee at myffpc.com. If you register by June 1st, you will be able to uh, draft by June 15th and then get a free $35 league credit. You want to do that up to three times, we will supply you with three free $35 league credits to your FFPC account. Dynasty Startup Trash, there are a ton popping off tomorrow at myffpc.com. From the $100 level on up to the $5,000 level, we've been doing Dynasty Leagues for nearly a decade with the my, uh, at myffpc.com. Not one of these leagues has ever folded. So if you want to join one of the 1,200, 1,300 league plus uh, drafts at myffpc.com. Join now at myffpc.com. No one has ever folded. Uh, you can win a million dollars in the FFPC main event. You can win $200,000 in the FFPC best ball tournament at just a $125 entry fee. And of course, you can win $50,000 at a $35 entry fee in the Superflex best ball tournament. Plenty of live, slow, and sit and go best ball options all at myffpc.com. So check that out. Once again, myffpc.com. If you're looking for more insight into this, we did the High Stakes Fantasy Football show on uh, the Better Sports Network last night with Pat Fitzmaurice with uh, fantasypros.com myself and him chopped it up for two hours you can check that out at the youtube channel which you're watching right now youtube.com slash ffpc fantasy and of course if you missed the road of his high stakes slowdown with 12-time ffpc dynasty league champion with brian valenti you can watch that my ffpc uh, excuse me youtube.com slash ffpc fantasy he gave you a lot of great options if you are drafting tomorrow in the ffpc rookie league drafts all right on to Genesis. Now, Genesis and Revelations, It I, I don't want to say it's lost its luster because it hasn't. But these used to be the very first managed leagues that we had with the FFPC dating back to God knows when, more than a decade ago. They have still reigned true, which is why we always broadcast them live here on the FFPC YouTube channel. Uh, these are $150 classic live leagues. Uh, that um, will will be managed throughout the season by all 12 of these drafters. Some of them are drafting both the Genesis and Revelations tonight. We'll get to that later on in the show. But I want to bring you the Genesis coverage tonight. Uh, the 2022 reigning champ, Brent Studebaker, uh, which is stud dynasty, 26er. If you ever see him in any of your drafts, that's who the reigning champion is tonight. He is drafting from the five spot or the six spot, beg your pardon. Um, so we'll give you um, the, the live draft coverage. We're about a round and a half behind. We'll get to that in a second. Bip Lab Mendel is Bitcoin. He is drafting from the one spot. Zep Cap. Bip. <laughs> I always got to be careful with, with Zep Cap's names. Bips Brown Beaver is drafting from the two spots tonight. Sumi Philippa, big TDs in your face, is the third spot tonight. John Terry. AJ is his team now. You know him. He's been on a lot of these podcasts on the FFPC YouTube channel. Uh, he is uh, a guy who has won 
I don't know, it's bordering around seven figures at this point. He is drafting fourth tonight. Jake Felish, the machine, 26er, part of the 26er, um, the guys who joined that $250, uh, 26, uh, the 20, $250, uh, number 26 league with the FFPC. Jake Belish is drafting fifth tonight. Brent Studebaker is the defending champ of the Genesis league stud dynasty. He is drafting sixth. Hudson Kern Reeve, the definitive, uh, commissioner. Uh, I shouldn't say commissioner, the definitive professor for the Ivy league drafting seventh tonight. He is truth warrior. Rory Almond is not drafting number eight with uh, team Vince, Vince Staffolino, a longtime FFPC uh, competitor, VC staff. He is drafting ninth. Andrew Schellenberg, uh, clutch like Shelly, who we've had on the show before. He is drafting 10th. He's drafting both in the Genesis and Revelations League tonight. Jason Kulaga. Kulaga is drafting 11th. And Matthew Flager, rounding things up. Banks 50 is his team at the 12th spot tonight. Aiden, let's go through the first round. No surprises here. Justin Jefferson goes to Bip Lab. Then you have... Um, uh, Zeb Cap taking Travis Kelsey, Jamar Chase at three, Christian McCaffrey at four, two John Terry. Again, not a lot of surprises. Tyreek Hill, maybe we can talk about him. Jake Felish taking him at the five spot tonight. Brent Studebaker going with B. John Robinson. He goes at the 106. Hudson Kern Reeve. Jonathan Taylor, the de facto at one, uh, the de facto number one last year, goes at 107 tonight. Austin Eckler falls to the 108 to Roy Allman. And then AJ Brown to Vince Staffolino. CD Lamb is Andrew Schellenberger's pick at the 110, followed by Saquon Barkley at the 111. And then Garrett Wilson catching passes from Aaron Rodgers, going to Matthew Flager at the 112 tonight. Let's talk about Tyreek Hill at the 105. Uh, we were unsure of what was going to happen to him last year. We saw what he was capable with, with uh, Tua Tunga-Vailoa. He goes at the 105 tonight. Can you get on board with Tyreek Hill at the 105 in a redraft league, my friend? I mean, I think his stats kind of do talking at 1,707 last year. I'm looking at it here. I mean, 100, nearly 120 receptions. It's also just a complete trust in Mike McDaniel and their staff to, to de develop plays. They get him the ball. I do think... The uncertainty with me with uh, Tyreek isn't even necessarily him. It's Tua, right? I think that's a lot of people's the ideas. If I mean, Tua clearly, there's no concerns with Waddle. They were both able to get the ball, I think. I mean, Tyreek's one of those players, until until I see that he can't, I'm just not going to ever doubt that he's going to decline. And when he's in an innovative offense, as he's been his entire career with both Kansas City and Miami, I'm continuing to trust that. I think... I think we we talked about it. Sometimes you, you you try not to overthink things in these in these early rounds, and I don't think taking Tyreek at the one hundred and five is overthinking. I think it's a little bit. I think a lot of I wouldn't say there's uncertainty, but I think those kind of after at least in the FPC after Jefferson, Jamar, Kelsey, I think it can goes a lot of ways starting at the one hundred and four, and a lot of them I wouldn't be mad at. So according, yeah, and and great points there, in for sure. Uh, um, according to the ADP data we have at FantasyMojo.com, at FantasyMojo on Twitter, Darren Armani, the godfather of the uh, FFPC Pros versus Joe's contest, um, Tyreek Hill on average is going at the 105. In fact, he has gone as high as the 103, as low as the 108. Um, wide receiver three behind Jefferson and Chase right now. So, I, you know, we pointed out Tyreek Hill going at the 105. That seems kind of crazy, but maybe not as crazy when we think about it in – and looking at what he was able to do in 2022 with Tunga Bailoa, and maybe it makes sense at the 105. Going forward in the second round, Josh Jacobs is the first pick off the board in the second round tonight to Banks 50. That is Matthew Flagger. Uh, Kulaga, that's Jason Kulaga, takes Cooper Cup at the 201. 
It's a big receiver run here, folks. Stefan Diggs to Andrew Schellenberg. Amon Ross St. Brown, the 204 to Vince Staffolino, followed by Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill's real life uh, teammate. Goes to Bents. That is Roy Almond. At the 205 tonight, Devontae Adams to Hudson Kern Reeve. Then we see Tony Pollard go off the board to the stud dynasty, Brent Studebaker, the defending champ of this league, followed by Nick Chubb going to the machine, another fellow 26er to Jake Felish at the 208. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, uh, the guy who went to a uh, Vince Staffolino in the first round. Devontae Smith goes off the board at 209 to Bip Labs Cool Shades, which is John Terry. Uh, Always funny stuff there. Uh, Kenneth Walker, who is sharing the backfield with Zach Charbonnet, goes to Big TDs in Yo Face. That is SUNY Felipa's team. Derrick Henry, a guy who was going in the first round of many FFPC drafts last year, falls to the 211 to Zeb Cap. And then Biplab Mandel pairs Justin Jefferson with Chris Olave. Aiden, a lot to un unpack here in the second round. What do you, number one, what do you make of Cooper Cup falling? to the 202 given what he has been able to do in his career with Matthew Stafford with the Rams uh the fact that he's been able to fall at 202 man if he hits his ceiling here this could be a league winning pick uh, I mean I you mentioned at the start you said oh first round's pretty normal and it was besides a pretty noticeable besides cup yeah cup, cup's been and I'm looking at the 200k best ball tourney and the fantasy first championship post draft ADP those are two ADPs he's going 1718 it's kind of mm -hmm. that middle of the first round where he's going. So this is a fall for him. Injury concerns as he you, you always age are there, but they had no they had no receivers last year beside him, right? Mm -hmm. He was on pace for wide receiver one. He was beating out Justin Jefferson when he got hurt. I'm still on the Cooper Cup train almost in its entirety. Um, I, I there's no personnel issues with the Rams concern me, um, because he he proved it last year. I thought that even though he was the only receiver, he's going to get force fed the ball Stafford, The team has questions, which is why I understand the fall, but I think the two or two is way too late. Cause I think more than likely the ceiling, even if the ceilings I hit, I think his floor when healthy is still super high just because the amount of targets he's going to get is, and the Rams very well could be in many passing situations with the presumed struggles that they very well could be having that the, the game plan I think is just, there's a lot of there way more positives for Cooper cup when he's, if he just stayed healthy, he would have been well on his way to back-to-back -back clear wide receiver one finishes than to him to be dropping. I think this is one of those picks as being overthought a little bit too much. My, it, my and it might be. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like, you know, one of the things we always look at is um, what are the teams, what are the players that are going to unpack um, the keys to winning a million dollars in the Fantasy Pros Championship, a million dollars in the FFPC main event. That like, and, and that goes with it with with Cooper Cup here. So he definitely falls. Um, big receiver run in the early to mid second round. Uh, Aiden, if you were drafting in an FFPC format here in the first half of the second round, in other words, you have a back half of the first round pick. Would you be centering on these receivers that a lot of these guys were with Cup and Diggs, St. Brown, Waddle, and Devontae Adams? I think the running backs this year, even at the top, lot, way more concerns than I've had in previous years. Even I, I've talked about Christian McCaffrey, right? When Elijah Mitchell mm -hmm. was there last year, which was few and far between, Christian McCaffrey's touches went down. Eckler contract situation is a little bit weird in that offense. Jonathan Taylor, right, had the amazing season but super banged up. I mean, Bijan I'm all in on. Saquon faded down the stretch like Josh yeah. Jacobs, actually a little early than usual, 
essentially the long way answered is all these receivers have way higher floors and arguably higher ceilings. I'm, I would be all in. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown, I think has Brown, excuse me, has legitimate wide receiver one potential um, surprised that clutch like Shelly right there. Didn't, didn't stack uh, Allen and Diggs. Um, but Diggs is obviously constant, constant production with that bill's offense. Uh, if anything, you hope that, with the Kincaid pick, maybe Davis takes a step. Almost he can get less coverage off of him. But, yeah, I'm absolutely – Devontae Adams, I know Jimmy G, but he still should get his. Yeah, I'm all in on these receivers in the second round. You know, Diggs and Allen, that stack is so 2022. Maybe the 2023 mm. stack is Kincaid and Josh Allen. But you got to draft Josh Allen before Dalton Kincaid, or maybe not. We'll see what happens going forward here in the Genesis draft, which we are covering right here on the FFPC YouTube channel. Hey, let me ask you this. Uh, as we get, uh, I'm going to get to the third round in a second. Kenneth Walker goes to pig, uh, excuse me, big TDs in your face. That is Suni Felipe's team. He already had Jamar Chase. He gets his number one running back at the 210 tonight uh, with Kenneth Walker. What do you make of the Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet um, uh, situation going in Seattle right now? And over the last, and shout out to Fantasy Mojo, FantasyMojo.com, Darren Armani, the godfather of the Fantasy Pros, uh, uh, FFPC Pros versus Joe's Challenge, um, which is where we get all the ADP here. What do you make of, of uh, Kenneth Walker going RB8, 210? That's where he has been going. But is that too high, given the Seattle Seahawks' investment in the Zach Charbonnet, Aiden LaCorey? Yeah, so... First off, I know you've had, I'm sure you discussed it. You've had shows since, but draft day, that pick that Friday night, it comes across and it's like, that's a real kick in the dick. Like, come on, man. Because <laughs> like Charbonnet was every fantasy player's trendy. Like he's going to go in the second or third. Maybe the Bengals scoop him. Maybe the Chiefs, like he's going to go to someone and be, and he's a beast, like watching the tape. And the Seahawks take him. You're like, it's just brutal. Like all the way around. Yeah. I mean, uh, what Fantasy Mojo has nice is he's had kind of the post-draft, and I, I like looking at the best ball tournament. I know it's different formats, play differently, but a general idea. But that obviously starts after the draft. He's been going 3-7 in best ball. So I feel like this is a bit of a reach. I, 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 it's just it's just weird. But, but hold on. The, but, but So so let, let's, let's just talk about this from a – because the Genesis draft is a close 12-team league game. Yeah. So I think when you talk about – reaching on him from a best ball or a fantasy pros or a main yeah. event standpoint, it's even more of a reach, right? In a closed 12 team format, right? I'm just entirely, I don't like uncertainty in the first couple of rounds and right. Kenneth Walker, we saw last year was a beast when healthy and it's it, it just, I don't know how they're going to be used. It's also a belief in Charbonnet, how good he was at UCLA that it's not just that they drafted a running back is that they drafted this running back and it was a second round investment. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I still think Walker's going to lead that backfield, but just the question of touches are going to be taken away from him. I, I'm just, I, I, I would have, I mean, there's just receivers there that it would have gone. Like if you're drafting a Seahawk, I, I'm drafting DK off of a great year, right? There's right. just better, better names or, or go, go with a, a tight end. It's just, I wouldn't take Walker in, in the end of the second. Just there's so much uncertainty. And what's frustrating, and I'm not giving anyone advice or help here or anything, it's just it's not going to be cleared up. You're just going to get these training rep camp reports. Like the first training camp report where it hits as well, Zach Charbonnet has been running with the first team a lot. It's just his got to skyrocket. <laughs> and then maybe I, when Walker drops, it's just a very odd situation that I don't want to be a part of at all. 
Um, I'll tell you what I do want to be a part of, and that is the analysis from the defending champion of this league. The Genesis 2022 champ is joining us right now here in the FFPC YouTube channel. Uh, he is the one, the only, the incomparable Brent Studebaker. Brent, welcome aboard. You are drafting from the sixth spot tonight. We are four rounds in. How do you rate your team so far, man, with Bijan Robinson, Tony Pollard, ETM, and Debo Samuel? I like it. I uh, got a lot of uh, players, uh, running backs that will catch a lot of balls. And then you throw in Debo, who can go 80 yards in a blink of an eye. Um, these kind of tournaments for me are, it's a crapshoot. Um, so I want to take the chances on the guys that can get me the big plays. When when you talk about, because there's a lot of people who are going to be drafting Fantasy Pros Championships, FFPC main events, and what have you, Brent. But when you talk about Bijan Robinson, there is some trepidation. You took him at the 106 tonight. You had no trepidation. You're like, this guy is going to put up numbers. Other people will look at this. Day. This guy's never played it down in the NFL. But you believe in him. Why do you believe in Bijan Robinson? And why do FFPC players need to believe in Bijan Robinson? Saquon Barkley never played his rookie year. And look what he put up. And mm -hmm. everything you're reading, they're comparing uh, – John Robinson to Barkley, if not better. Um, Atlanta, they got Drake London. They got Kyle Pitts, who can't stay healthy. Uh, I'm going to trust his talent, and uh, I'm going to roll the dice on him. So you take Robinson in the first round, Pollard in the second round. Let's talk about that Pollard pick here at the 208, it would have been. Is there any concern about it? Ezekiel Elliott potentially resigning with Dallas and, and taking away touches from Pollard? Or is it wheels up, wheels up for Pollard here uh, this year? I think it's wheels up. If you if you look at last year, uh, Ezekiel Elliott didn't really scare you when he played. Um, Pollard's there. He's their running back. Uh, he'll catch it out of the backfield. He can he'll, – he'll get you tough yards. Zeke's done. I mean, there's there's a reason why the Cowboys cut him, and he, nobody's giving him any kind of offer that he wants. Um, I don't think there's really a question on what Pollard can do after what he did last year when, when Zeke was out. Travis Etienne goes off the board to uh, Brent Studebaker here, the defending champ of the FFPC Genesis League. Travis Etienne goes off the board at the 306. This is a player that um, – you know, will not be uh, contending with James Robinson or anybody significant here in this backfield this year. We saw what the Jaguars were capable of last year. They made it to the divisional round of the playoffs. Uh, Travis, uh, Trevor Lawrence is, is certainly a capable uh, quarterback. They have capable receivers, capable coaching staff. And you look at Travis Etienne, uh, I, I, I feel like, and, and Brent, you could probably correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I feel like he was right around a mid-third round pick last year. Dave Terpoli, who is um, hosted a lot of these live um, uh, draft coverages here on the FFPC YouTube channel, was all aboard Travis Etienne in the third round. You are all aboard with him, Travis Etienne, in the third round uh, this evening. Tell us why. Yeah, with that, that's an up-and-coming offense. you you got to trust what you saw out of Trevor Lawrence last year. Um, Etienne was putting up solid numbers, you know, and then Robinson comes and goes. Uh, they drafted Tank's, Tank Bigsby. Um he doesn't scare me. Um, it's by far um, the most upside I could get with a running back. And in a PPR league, I want running backs that catch that catch the ball. Yep. 
and, and which I totally am on board with. Now, right now, you have started off your draft with three straight running backs. You get Debo Samuel in the fourth round uh, as your number one receiver. No quarterbacks, no tight ends so far. You are on deck right now. The machine, Jake Valiche, is on deck right now at the 505. He's deciding what he's going to do. What are you thinking you're going to do here at the 506, Brent, given what you have uh, formulated so far with the three running backs to lead things off and Debo Samuel? Uh, well, being that he's got a quarterback, I'm not taking a quarterback. And now that he picked, mm -hmm. I'm Drake going, London. Yep. Yep. I'm going to go with the wide receiver. Um, Eric B enemy. I'm going to trust. He's going to make sure no matter who the quarterback is, Terry McLaurin is going to get the ball. Um, he'll, he gets ball, gets the football to his playmakers and, that's all I need to know. I'm, I'm going to trust the coaches. The talent's there with McLaurin. Three running backs to lead things off. Debo Samuel and Terry McLaurin back-to-back. -back. Uh, has the draft been playing out the way that you thought? Has anything surprised you so far, Brent, as we are coming up on the end of the fifth round? Um, two things. Uh, I really wanted Kelsey. You know, he was my mm -hmm. building block last year. Uh, but I figured he wouldn't get – he, he wouldn't make it to me. And then I, I felt that uh, John Robinson, uh, I thought Spree would take him. Um, but I'm really surprised with what uh, Jason Kalaga to get Cooper Cup. Uh, Matt Fluger, the Banks 50, was picking out of the 12 hole behind him. We play in a, a home league. Mm -hmm. And he knew if he didn't take Barkley, he wouldn't get him. But to have <laughs> Cooper Cup fall, that's that's pretty sick. Because Cooper Cup, they don't have anybody. He's due to – I mean, he he was going to lead the league last year. He'll probably do it again. I mean, who are they going to throw the ball to? Van Jefferson? Right. No, they're not. And there's no Allen Robinson there to gum up the works. No. It is a Cooper Cup show. As the Genesis is a Brent Studebaker show, the defending champ of the Genesis FFPC League, uh, joining us tonight here on the YouTube channel with FFPC, uh, Twitter, Facebook, everything. Brent, we thank you so much for hopping aboard tonight. We wish you luck um, now that we're 25% done with this draft. Good luck the rest of the way, and good luck in all your leagues this year, my friend. We appreciate you. Appreciate it. And for anybody listening, draft Jonathan Mingo before his ADP. On Ooh, okay. Nope, nope. Aiden, we're not letting him go now. Now we have to talk Dynasty. Jonathan Mingo to the Carolina Panthers. I have. T you are an accomplished Dynasty player. You want to draft Jonathan Mingo before his ADP. You're encouraging everybody else to. Is this because you want everybody else to take him? Or is this because you think Jonathan Mingo is a smart investment in FFPC Dynasty Leagues? To me, he's a smart investment. You got, um, I don't know if you saw an article today, Steve Smith, he he begged the Panthers and told, him, told them to take uh, Mingo. Right. He also, uh, out of the draft class that Cooper Cup was in, he uh, – stated that Cooper Cup was the best receiver in that class. Mingo is a steal. If you get him at the end of end of round one, but usually it's about 202 to 204, at least that's what the 26ers set the ADP as. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've already drafted our dynasty rookie. Right. Yep. Um, I love Mingo, man. He's going to be the one there, long-term stud. Thielen's old. I get it. They bring in Thielen and they brought in Chart, but – Mingo, Mingo's the man to get. Uh, Brent, and if you if you look at the last five first wide receivers taken, 
in the NFL drafts. It was uh, Cortland Sutton, Debo Samuel, T. Higgins, Elijah Moore, Christian Watson, and now Jonathan Mingo. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good class to be in. Very, very good class. And Brent, anybody who knows you know you knows that you are an expert in dynasty fantasy football. I wish you nothing but the best in all your leagues the rest of the way. Thank you so much for chiming in tonight. We appreciate your insight and your draft. And uh, we will talk with you again real soon, man. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good night. The stud dynasty himself, Brent Studebaker, chiming in from the sixth spot in the FFPC Genesis League. So let's go through the third round here, Aiden. And uh, we had DK Metcalf go to Biplab Mandel at the 301. He starts off his draft with three straight receivers. Brees Hall coming off the ACL comes off to Bips Brown Beaver. That is Zeb Cap. Got to get to stop reading his full team name tonight or YouTube is really going to penalize me. That is the 302 pick. Back-to-back tight ends, Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. Go off the board to Asuni Felipe and John Terry. T. Higgins is the 15th receiver taken tonight to Jake Valise, Travis Etienne. We already talked about to Brent Studebaker. Jalen Hurts, the number one quarterback off the board in the Genesis draft to Hudson Kern Reeve, uh, followed by a bunch of running backs. Najee Harris falls to the 308 to Roy Allman. Then you have Jameer Gibbs, the 12th overall pick of the uh, NFL draft, goes tonight to Vince Staffolino in the nine spot. Ramondre Stevenson from the New England Patriots goes to Andrew Schellenberg. Josh Allen and then Patrick Mahomes wrap up the third round. Josh Allen to uh, Jason Kalaga and Matthew Flager takes Patrick Mahomes as his number one quarterback. Let's talk about this for a second. Um, Aiden, are you surprised that the tight ends have fallen? We only saw three tight ends go in the first three rounds tonight. I can't say I'm, I mean, it's always a bit surprising, obviously, with the tight end premium that they fall, but at the same time, maybe there's some worries with Mark Andrews, though. They brought in Zay Flowers, mm-hmm. but I mean, he's Lamar's guy. Hawkinson, obviously, I wonder, right? They brought in Addison. I wonder if there's just a little bit of worry with those two with the first round rookie receivers is, oh, maybe they're just going to lose a little bit touches. So it's always a bit surprising to see these high power tight ends fall in a tight end premium. But if I had to chalk it up, I would say it's maybe due to the uncertainty about kind of the targets that they're going to get uh, with some big high-powered uh, additions on the offense. So it's a little bit surprising, but I think it's also understandable. I think they're probably going to – I would assume that both of those guys settle in late second in, in, in all formats at some point. You know, Jalen Hurts is basically going right up against Josh Allen in FFPC Fantasy Pros drafts right now, which are going on at MyFFPC.com. $350 to enter, $1 million is the grand prize. Are you surprised? Almost a half-round split Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, as well as Patrick Mahomes tonight, with Hurts going in the mid-third and then Allen and Mahomes going at that 3-4 turn. Uh, I mean, there's definitely some guys falling that Mm -hmm. I don't think you would expect, but maybe you can also chalk it up. These are the best of the best drafting. They, they, they know what they're doing, right? They, they, they understand that they can wait a bit. They, they know this draft room. Um, I mean, Hertz is a beast. That's a great pick. That yeah. Is, he's, he's, and I mean, I know it's, it's small, but pairing up with Swift too. I Hertz is, I think the clear QB one, but no, between that, this, that round three was interesting. Cause you see that with the two tight ends and the three quarterbacks, that those are five names right there. You probably would have expected to see a little bit earlier. 
and two wide receivers off the board in the third round. That was it. Let's yeah. get into the fourth round here. Isaiah Pacheco lead things, uh, leads things off to Matthew Flager at the 401. Aaron Jones, I continue to say this guy is falling way too much. 402, Jason Kalaga takes him there as his second running back. Kyle Pitts is Andrew Schellenberg's number one tight end at the 403, followed by Amari Cooper to Staffolino. Joe Burrow goes off the board to Roy Allman. And then George Kittle, the number one tight end and the fifth tight end off the board to Hudson Kern-Reeve. Debo Samuel, Kittle's real-life teammate, goes to Brent Studebaker. Justin Fields, fifth quarterback off the board to the machine. That is Jake Felish here at the uh, 408. Keenan Allen off the board, wide receiver 18 to uh, John Terry. And then you have Lamar Jackson, the newly signed Baltimore Ravens quarterback, is the Third to last pick in the fourth round, DeAndre Hopkins is the number one receiver drafted by Zeb Cap, And then Dallas Goddard off the board in the fourth round tonight. Tight end number six to Bip Lab Mandel. The quarterbacks are being pushed up. In fact, we have um, uh, Henry Mudo, a longtime super accomplished FFPC uh, high stakes player, saying, sad to see the quarterbacks going so high. Was sure nice getting Mahomes round five, Burrow round seven, Hurts round eight last year. Uh, Aiden, we're seeing this this year. The mm -hmm. fact that the elite quarterbacks performed last year and the, the non-elite quarterbacks didn't, it's pushing these quarterbacks up, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, in some ways, right, you look at it, and some drafts are seeing them go even higher, right? Like mm -hmm. you're talking about like, last year with the fifth. Sometimes you're seeing this end of the second, those teams are targeting because obviously on that turn, they're not going to be there for a while. I think it's worth it because I think that the, 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 there's a clear – split right between if you have an elite quarterback or you don't justin fields kind of saved some people later because he started off so poorly but then it came on late but besides that there was no one on the waivers who kind of became a really really good fan score other than maybe daniel jones but he was hit or miss it was pretty much the guys who we said these guys are going to be studs were studs and then no one else kind of emerged i do like some kind of not darts but some later guys like two can stay healthy who knows if that will ever happen, but like he could very well get in there. But yeah, I, I think the, the quarterback value, it's almost, it's almost like a, having, if you have one of the studs, it's like a QB premium almost. You just kind of almost need to have one. It feels like. And, and I think that's my point here because I have always been waiting on quarterbacks. Um, and, and I think based on how the elite guys performed last year and how the, uh, you know, mid to Fairland guys did not perform. I almost think there's a going to be a premium put on elite quarterbacks this year, which is why we're seeing, again, guys who are going to be drafting for a million bucks, not only in the Fantasy Pro Championship at the FFPC main event. We're seeing six quarterbacks go off the board in the fourth round. We did not see that last year. The elite guys are pushing them up, and that's what we're seeing tonight. Now, as we get into the fifth round, we have no quarterbacks going off the board. Uh, Bip Lab Mandel, who had the first pick tonight, finally gets his number one running back tonight to pair with his three receivers and tight ends. He gets Dalvin Cook at the 501. Michael Pittman is the number two receiver drafted by Zeb Cap. Damian Pierce off the board, the number two running back for SUNY Felipe to pair with Kenneth Moore. And then we're seeing a uh, uh, Kenneth Walker, beg your pardon. And then we're seeing a bunch of receivers off the board. DJ Moore to John Terry. Drake London off the board to Jake Felicia, and then Terry McLaurin to Brent Studebaker. DeAndre Swift, the new Philadelphia Eagles running back, goes off the board to Hudson Kern-Reeve to pair with Jonathan Taylor in his backfield. Jerry Judy from the Broncos goes to Roy Almond at the 508. Christian Watson to Vince Staffolino at the 509, followed by Rashad White and J.K. Dobbins in back-to-back -back picks to Andrew Schellenberg 
and Jason Kalaga at the 5'10 and 5'11, respectively. Calvin Ridley, the receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, is the number two receiver drafted by Matthew Flager. Banks 50, that's at the 5'12. So there's a lot to unpack in this round. And I want to go through this as best I can. I'm going to kick things off with Michael Pittman at the 502 catching passes from Anthony Richardson, Aiden LaCory. What do you think about Pittman as an early fifth-round pick, knowing that he's not catching passes from Matt Ryan, not from Carson Wentz, not from any accomplished rec- uh, quarterback? It's going to be from Anthony Richardson. Yep, that's a, that's a no from me there, Balky. Just stay. <laughs> no, it's just Pittman was the breakout 30 receiver for me last year, kind of burned me. I mean, he had his moments. I mean – it's just that I'm not touching that Colts passing him. Love Josh Downs. Alec Pierce surprised me. I thought I thought he was going to be rough. He, he had moments. I just have, I kind of I think by the end of the year you're leaving question if Pittman very well could be. I'm not going to say three, but it wouldn't surprise me if one of Pierce or, or Downs outperforms him. I just don't think that mm-hmm. passing attack's going to be wow. good. Okay. Yeah. I, I I just I, and and Christian honestly, Kirk, Alvin Ridley, I would want more uh, than well, him. I mean, and, yeah, and, Mike and, Williams later, but I'm I'm and, just rambling now. I'm just off. My no, 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 no. You're not rambling. I think you make a good point because of how good Anthony Richardson is running the ball, and Jonathan Taylor is running the ball. I think that you can't overrate um, uh, what Pittman and Downs and all those guys are going to do because maybe the key is for the Colts to be successful this year is to run the football, and that is going to penalize a guy like Michael Pittman. So there is something to be said for that. Let's get into DJ Moore. 504 pick to Bip Labs Cool Shades. That is uh, John Terry, a guy who won the never too early FFPC best ball tournament last year. DJ Moore got traded from the Panthers to the Bears. What do you make of him now knowing he's not catching passes from uh, Sam Darnold in Carolina? He's catching passes from Justin Fields in Chicago, Aiden. Is, is it that much better? Is That's my question. Sure? Like, it, it might no, be about the same. It might be about the same. I mean, the issue was in previous years, DJ Moore was always pretty consistent regardless of the quarterback play. Last year, he finished, I believe, something along the lines of wide receiver tw- mid-20s, right? But that was elevated by a couple of super boom games that he had, a couple of multi-touchdown games. It wasn't as consistent across the board, right? You're trying to sometimes look for a consistency over just those explosive weeks followed by a couple of duds. I don't know. That Chicago, I, I like it in theory, and I think – I don't think it's a bad pick by any means in the fifth round, but it's Justin Fields, I think has legitimate questions as a passer. It wasn't as though he was completely devoid of weapons, right? Cole Komet kind of establishes himself as a solid tight end. I mean, Darnell Mooney, I know is hurt at the back half, but Darnell Mooney did nothing because of Fields' struggles at the start of the year. Right. Yep. So it's just one of those things. It's not the same at all situation wise, but it was just, it's almost reminiscent of the Allen Robinson. Like they would list out the quarterbacks Allen Robinson played for. And now he's with Matthew Stafford. And obviously it just was a disaster because turns out he was washed. Turns out Stafford was hurt. No game script for him regardless. I don't think that's the same for DJ Moore. but this idea of the list of quarterbacks and look how bad it's been. And then it's like, maybe Justin Fields isn't going to be that much better. Um, but it's always the question you see with these young quarterbacks, right? Is it sometimes that they're a bad passer or they just need legit weapons? You see Hurts with A.J. Brown, Josh Allen with Diggs. So I'm sure for fantasy owners, I would love for it to be be that, right? That he gets finally his wide receiver one. But right. I, I like to pick, but I do think there's legitimate questions and it's a little bit icky to me 
uh, DJ Moore in that Bears offense. I, and I totally, I'm, w- I'm with you on that. Like, I have a lot of questions. I, as a guy who owns DJ Moore in way too many dynasty leagues, I have a lot of questions there. Uh, sixth round, let's get into it here, Aiden. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, the first receiving rookie off the board here to Matthew Flager at the 12 spot. That's at the 601. Darren Waller is the seventh tight end drafted, the first tight end drafted by Jason Kalaga at the 602. Chris Godwin to uh, Andrew Schellenberg, Miles Sanders to Vince Staffolino, and Cam Akers, the third running back drafted by Roy Allman here at the 605 tonight. Christian Kirk to Hudson Kernry, Deontay Johnson to Brent Studebaker, David Montgomery off the board as the second running back to the machine. Uh, for anybody who is a Burt Kreischer fan out there, the machine is actually Jake Felice. He drafts David Montgomery at the uh, 608 tonight. Uh, Justin Herbert is off the board as the seventh quarterback. Uh, to Bip Labs Cool Shades, that is John Terry. Joe Mixon, the third running back drafted by Suni Felipe tonight. And then Mike Williams, followed by James Conner, the penultimate, or excuse me, the ultimate pick. Of the sixth round tonight, he is the second running back drafted by Bip Mandel, who has the number one pick tonight. So as we look at the sixth round here, let's kick things off at the 601. Uh, Banks 50, Matthew Flagger, Jackson Smith and Jigba takes him at the 601. This is a guy who we would like to think is going to be the number three wide receiver in that Seattle offense, maybe the number four option in that Seattle offense. Are you surprised that Flagger goes with his number three receiver uh, in Smith and Jigba, as a guy who is the number three receiver on his own NFL teammate. Talent wins. I don't think he'll be the number three by the end of the year. I think weaker receiver class for sure going this year. Jackson Smith and Jigba, I never thought was included in that. I think the tape speaks for itself. I know that maybe some of the, the underlying metrics weren't the best, but just put on the film, right? I mean, dude was mm-hmm. a beast his healthy year. I think the talent wins out. Lockett, you know, I feel like I've been – talking about his downfall, right? Just age-wise for like the last three years, seemingly. And just, he always produces at some point. That's a wash. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba operating at the slot is going to eat with DK next to him with Lockett on the side. That's a great receiver room. I trust Gino after last year uh, yeah. uh, to get the ball to them. Yeah. I, I, I'm in on Jackson Smith and Jigba. I no issues with that pick. I, I, because I, it goes back to, right. I do think that talent wins. You, you, if you're young and talented, more than likely in this league, you're you're going to start performing. I could see it being along the track of maybe those first couple of weeks. Dude, it is a bit slow, but it's going to start picking up come week six on. He's going to really start delivering great performances. And what 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 I've learned from you tonight is whatever dynasty or fantasy football leagues you are in this year, talent wins should be the title and the name of one of your fantasy football teams because it makes a lot of sense. I always, I always have to change that. I try and do a different name each year, and it. And we're getting to the point when you were, when I was younger, it was super easy to come up with stuff. Now it's kind right. of like you're racking your brain, like, man, what am I going to do this year? Talent wins, maybe, maybe. Talent wins is good. Talent wins is very good. Feels um, like a team that's destined to go to the losers. Oh, yeah, yeah, like how, how many losers have ever been named talent wins yeah. have ever not come up short? Uh, like it doesn't happen. So I think I think there's a lot to like there. Um, getting through the sixth round. Would he make a David Montgomery to the machine here? Uh, Jake Felish taking him as his number two running back, knowing the draft capital that the Lions have sunk into Jameer Gibbs. Would he make of Jake Felish making David Montgomery his number two running back, the 25th overall running back selected tonight? I'm going to flip the question on you real quick. Are you excited for the machine movie coming out later this month? 
the Burke What's Kreischer the machine movie? movie? I don't know what that is. Ah, you can't be dropping these references. It's is, it's is, a, is it Burt Kreischer? Is this is Burt that a Kreischer, machine? It's it's a obviously the the machine story, and it's twenty years later the Russian mafia like comes back kidnaps him. <laughs> what? Mark I didn't Hamill. know this was a thing. Yeah, go this watch is fantastic. Mark Hamill's playing his dad. Oh, um. Oh, so this is a scripted thing? No, it's like a legit movie, like a in. I know, theaters. but it's a scripted movie. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, not. Yeah. I, I would. I'm blown away at yeah. this point. I, I I had no idea this was a thing. Now I'm very excited for it. Do you know what the very title excited. of it is? No, the machine. Well, but the machine was a stand-up, <laughs> and that's like, the name right? of the movie. <laughs> I if I was Burt Kreischer's like PR, I would never have allowed the name of the movie. To, it should be the machine returns or the machine part two electric boogaloo or something like that. You got to have something like that separates you from the actual um, uh, stand-up stand up that you did for Netflix. Yeah. I love Burt Kreischer. I think, in fact, Burt Kreischer was just actually in my neck of the woods here uh, a couple of weeks ago where he took his shirt off and partied at a bar uh, after his show for like four or five hours. That's not the point. Um, let's, let's, let's what, were we, what were we talking about again? I don't remember. I don't. I like David Montgomery, David Montgomery. I think was the point. I asked you about him. The fact that he was the second receiver, or second running back drafted by the machine, the seventy uh, twenty sixer, Brent Studebaker. Hate it. You hate it. Why do you hate it? Well, I, you're in kind of you're getting in the running back dead zone. But if you're t- okay. look Mixon and Connor, don't get don't love them. But David Montgomery's capped right i mean with the, what they yeah. invest with in gibbs that's the again, thing it's like with all the like they they invested the 12th overall pick in into jameer gibbs say what you will about gibbs say what you will about montgomery but it pales in comparison to what the lions think about exactly. both those players hey, i think there's a there's the jamal williams factor where people are just so convinced well they're damn like it's just they're gonna be two running backs viable and I just don't see it happening. Some of that was because right Swift was hurt, banged up, and they hated Swift. I just don't see Montgomery as running back twenty five being able to to at all meet that capital. That I don't know what I just said there. That draft capital. <laughs> I just go back to not, again, not sexy at all. A lot of, they have issues. Who's in Arizona's backfield? Who's in Arizona? Oh my god, that is a great point to bring up because I, like the backup there, it's like it, there's nobody there. And the fact that Biplab Mandel is able to get James Conner as his number two running back from the one spot at the 6-12 tonight, I think is highway robbery. It is grand theft or grand draft, grand yeah. draft auto. Like to, to get him to like think about this. And like, and I know Dalvin Cook with um Alexander Madison, like it is what it is. But the fact that he is able to soak a fifth round and a sixth round pick to get his number one and his number two running back. After pounding the receivers and pounding uh, and getting Dallas Goddard as his number one tight end, I think this is a great draft from Bitblad Mandel, who, by the way, is a very uh, big time expert into these type of drafts. So kudos to Bitblad Mandel here to get James Conner in the sixth round. I love it. What Even do you make of this? Mixon sucks. Well, I, I don't okay. deny that, but okay. no one's there. Cincinnati didn't do anything. Right. He's going to get touches in a high powered offense. It's better are- than David Montgomery. I don't want to touch on the Bengals running back situation too much in the first hour tonight. I want okay. to touch on it in the yep. second hour when we get to revelations. Cause I think you make a very good point here. What do you make of this big time receiver run in the seventh round aided? We have a situation where the first um, nine picks, eight picks 
Yeah. Um, seven of them are receivers. Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, George Pickens, Marquise Brown, Kadarius Tony, Traylon Burks, Evan Ingram is the tight end, and then Brandon Ayuk. I will ask the question I normally ask of Dave the Dizzle Gerzak, Farrell Elliott, the um, definitive commissioner of fantasy football, of all these receivers that were picked in the seventh round of the Genesis draft tonight, which one is your favorite selection? Is it Evans? Is it Lockett? Is it Pickens from the Steelers going to um, Sunni Philippa at the uh, 703 tonight? Marquise Brown, Kadarius Toney catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. The machine takes him. Jake Felish at the 705. Traylon Burks. And then you have Brandon Ayuk going off at the 708 to Roy Allman. Which one is your favorite selection, receiver selection on the seventh round, my friend? This is the it's the funniest mix of receivers because you have just the lowest ceiling old guys Evans Lockett and then you have the ultimate wild card. I'm gonna say an answer knowing it's going to be completely wrong, which I think is how everyone feels drafting Kadarius. Tony. You never know. You never know. You no, know, you know it's destined to not work out. It's Kadarius. Tony. He's no, no, but it's you the right don't answer. know that. You don't know that. You know you can that. you you can speculate that it might be that, but you don't know that. I mean, it's just he's what these. The wide receiver one, obviously Kelsey is, but he's the main wide receiver in Kansas City. They love him there. They used him. Talent is off the charts. Yeah. Injury prone as just beyond injury prone. It's just, it's a different ailment every week. But I think the upside is unbelievable in the case that he stays even like 75% healthy for the year. And every other guy, Marquise Brown, Hopkins seems like he's coming back. Don't trust who's thrown to him. Lockett, I said, and Evans both scare me age-wise. Evans, obviously, I don't trust Baker Mayfield, let alone Godwin's also there. Right. Burks, don't trust that Tennessee offense, and he struggled last year. I do like Ayuk a lot, but obviously with Purdy, he wasn't as good. I think people are just assuming he's going to be Purdy's the starter. Just Pickens, I do like, but give me give me Tony. because He's playing with Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback. That's the difference. Aiden, once you get to the like the sixth, seventh, eighth round of these drafts, do you start, you know, because I think the seventh round is a perfect example of this. Do you start drafting players that you think, oh, I could see this guy having a top five season? I could see this guy having a top 10 season. Like it may be difficult to see that with a guy like Marquise Brown. It may be difficult to see that with a guy like Kadarius Tony, but maybe not difficult to see that with a guy like Mike Evans or a guy like Tyler Lockett or a guy like Kadarius Tony. There are you know, the, the tools are different as far as how you can elevate these guys to a top potential top five season, potential top 10 season. Do you start drafting players in the seventh round where like, I got to base this on their ceiling and I'm ignoring their floor at this point? Or is it too early to start doing that? I think it's also a philosophy, right? In the first couple of rounds, you don't want someone, you it, not a, every top 10 finish or top 20 finish is, is built the same, right? Some of those guys get there based off of four massive weeks and then are kind of disappointment the rest, right? Startable mm-hmm. weeks are always one of the most important stats. And some of these guys, I feel like Evans, Lockett, they could get, be finished wide receiver 23, wide receiver 19, but it's Jared was kind of consistent 10 points a week. And I'm in these seventh, eighth rounds personally. I'm looking for those guys who are going to go off five weeks and win me those weeks. And they may struggle the rest, but I, I, I you're in the seventh round. Other guys are going to be able to replace them at times. So right. I'm going, as you said, I'm looking at more at ceiling starting in these rounds rather than maybe a floor. The first team to go double tight end tonight is the Truth Warrior. Hudson Kern-Reeve, our vintage and our, our resident um, 
Ivy League professor tonight goes with Evan Ingram at the um, 707 tonight, the eighth tight end off the board to pair with George Kittle. What do you make of that selection in the seventh round, Aiden? Yeah, I mean, Evan Ingram, they gave the franchise tag. There were some rumors that they were going to go tight end in that first round in, yeah. in the NFL draft. Because and, how and, deep how deep it was, right? Yeah, the, these, these post-NFL draft, Fantasy drafts, podcast shows are always great because it's always your like Kenneth Walker, your morning, and then guys like Evan Ingram or Joe Mixon who aren't sexy are like you know what they somehow they they survive like they what? survive. Like, <laughs> I, I like it. Um, I mean Evan Ingram, I'm all in on the Jaguars offense. I think that's going to be a common theme from guests that you have on the show. Because how can you not? Uh, they're also playing in a division against bad teams, right? Texans aren't going to be good. Colts, I don't think are going to be that good. I mean, the, the defense, I mean, Tennessee, right? Variables, the coach, but there's questions there. Mm-hmm. That's right there. Six games that I think Jaguars should win and, and often should look good. I'm in on Evan Ingram. George Kittle obviously went off with Purdy. It's just he's another guy. It's, all right, you got it. You got a game plan for five weeks that he's going to be hurt. But I like the Ingram then to pair with him with Kittle. I think that's a good pick. And it's interesting because and we always say this it, like every time, like anytime somebody drafts the second tight end before everybody else has the number one, that always forces everybody to to kind of like, okay, I got I got to stop messing around here. I got to stop pissing around with what you know my backup running backs, my backup receivers. I got to figure out a tight end here, which is what we're going to see here going forward as a couple of tight ends, uh, more than a couple of tight ends, has already gone off the board. All right, so I'm going to send this out right now. To the guy who is drafting in the five spot tonight, he is uh, the stud. No, beg your pardon. Not the stud. God, I'm screwing things up. He is the machine. It is Jake Felish. We're going to go to him right now. (laughs) Jake Felish, a guy, a longtime competitor of the Genesis and Revelations League, a longtime co-founder, right, of the FFPC Dynasty 26ers, Jake, right? Uh, something, yeah, sort of. How's it going, Eric? Good, man. Good to have I, you I, on. Tonight. I just got, I just got in the draft room. I, I got uh, Keith, uh, my my number two, but really the number one drafted for me. So he looks like he's doing a good job. <laughs> I, we like it. We're we're a fan. We're a fan. Oh, yeah? like, we, well, we talked about the Tyree Hill pick in in the first round, and then we looked at the ADP, and it's like, well, that's kind of where Hill is going. Uh, we didn't talk about Chubb. I mean, Higgins, I think, at the middle of the third round, I like it. Fields, I, I can get on board. Drake London is your number three receiver as wide receiver 22 in the fifth round. It makes a lot of sense. What What can you tell us about David Montgomery? I think that was the first pick we started really talking about your squad here. At the 608, you go with David Montgomery, a team that already has drafted Jameer Gibbs as the 12th overall pick this round. What are you expecting from David Montgomery this year? Yeah, that's where I intervened. So that's kind of where the draft went wrong. So <laughs> he was doing so well. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just think they brought Montgomery in, you know, and he's going to get used. I mean, I think they got a plan for him, but you know, I, we we probably could have gone. We probably could have gone mix in there. Uh, we, we do like him, but. What, what do you? You're on the clock right now. Let Let's talk about this, Jake. Um, you already have three running backs. You already have five five receivers, one quarterback, no tight ends yet, 
and there's 13 of them off the board. What are you and your co-manager thinking here at the 10.08? Well, I like Gibson, but he's not going to let me pick Gibson. So I know he's Antonio go- Gibson you're talking about, right? Yeah, I know he's okay. going to go Perrine because he's been talking about him for about three rounds now. So I, I think, like Antonio I think Gibson. Smash him. Okay. What so, do you, so, go ahead, Jake. What do you think, Keith? Oh, he's he's going to come in. <laughs> oh, because of the tight ends, right? Because there's we, we got 13 tight ends off the board. Yeah. By the way, fun fact, Cole Komet's sister is dating um, Packers first-round draft pick Lucas Ness right now. I don't know what that's going to create in the NFC North, but it is what it is. So mm-hmm. you have Cole Komet there that you draft with the tight end 14. I don't oh, – so, okay, so P. Ryan let, – let's talk about this with you, Jake. P. Ryan goes off the board with the very next pick to Bip Labs Cool Shades. That is John Terry um, as his number four uh, running back. Can you tell us a little bit about – because I'm very high based on what I've seen in Denver in, in free agency and their draft. I'm very high in Samaje P. Ryan this year. Your thoughts on P. Ryan, my friend? Well, you know, the, my thing with P. Ryan, and, and I disagree with uh, my co-manager – Keith, but you know, he's 28, 27, 28 years old. I don't think he's ever had over 600 yards in a season. I, I just don't see it how he's going to turn it on this year in a, you know, in okay. A so great offense. Jake, Jake, I'm going to interrupt you right there because I happen to be a Samaj P. Ryan stand, so I'm going to throw this at you. Does the fact that they went after P. Ryan early? in the free agent process. Does the fact that we know that that Javante Williams, they've already moved back his timeline, does the fact that the Broncos did not attack running back in, in the draft, that still does not make you a believer in Piran? Because I happen to like, I think Piran, listen, I'm not going to rip on the Comet pick because I think it's a solid pick in the 10th round in FFPC. But the fact that Piran goes off the 10-09, I, I have no problem with that. I think it's a good selection, but you still don't like it. I'm not a fan. I just think he's going to be like one of these guys, like uh, you know, that's kind of hyped up all year, and then he even with the opportunity. That's your point. Like this guy could still get the opportunity, the touches, and he's still going to let people down. Yeah, I just don't see it. I mean, I just okay. don't see how all of a sudden at 28 he's going to have a breakout year. I mean, you know, I I might be wrong, but you know, I, I'm just not. He's just not a guy for me this year. And, and 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 that's fair, right? Because like when, when you're drafting like seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, uh, like you're looking for league winners. And while P. Ryan has the opportunity, I totally respect anybody. And by the way, Jake, you've accomplished a lot more than me in high stakes fantasy football. Um, but I totally respect that because I can see him having the opportunity, but still letting people down, which is I I, I think what you're alluding to here. Okay, now we are coming up on your eleventh round pick here. You have a quarterback in Justin Fields. You have Cole Komet. You got the hookup, right? The Bears hookup. God bless you. You get yep. Fields and Komet here. Um, and you also have three running backs. You've got five receivers off the board. Quite frankly, this is the situation a lot of high-stakes owners are looking at right now. This is what they want to be in. They don't have to draft a, a wide receiver. They don't have to draft uh, a running back. They don't feel like they have to draft a quarterback or even a backup tight end, or maybe you think you're going to draft a, a backup tight end here with 15 of them off the board. Chiga Quanco going to Bip Lab Mandel here at the 1101 tonight. Can you tell us what you and your co-manager are thinking as we are, you are in the, in the hole here at 1105 tonight? I mean, we have so many tight end targets late. It's 
responding. So I, I got to like defer to the brains of the operation, but I, I, I think we'll probably hammer a wide receiver here. Uh, Even though you already have five. Yeah. I mean, just what are you thinking, Keith? I mean, Keith on speakerphone here. What, what oh boy. Here we go. You're on the clock now. Yeah, Sky Moore goes off the board at the 11.04. Mitchell or Bateman? I'm good with Bateman. Yeah. I. Mitchell. Feels up, baby. Lamar Jackson's throwing for 6,000 yards this year. There's nothing wrong with their shot <laughs> at the 11.05. Yeah. I, I'm good with Bateman. I mean, he's he's talented. I mean, he's just got to. I think he's just got to put it all together, and you know that offense should be good. So it's you know we like to pick players and good offenses like everybody else. Right. So that kind of fits the mold. You're and looking at what what should be the number one wide receiver in Baltimore on what should be a high powered offense. You're getting the number one wide receiver as wide receiver fifty three. At the 11.05 tonight, uh, Jake Felice, we certainly thank you for your insight and good luck to you, not only in this draft, but all your drafts going forward, man. We appreciate it, dude. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Aiden. That is Jake Felice, the original 26er right now. So here's what I'm going to do, Aiden, and this is going to require a little little um, dancing. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. fire the six gun at your feet right now. I want you to dance. What I'm going to do is I'm going to switch because we're at the top of the hour. I want to switch from the Genesis draft to the Revelation draft. Perhaps you can tell everybody what's going on, not only with the Fantasy Pros Championship, but FFPC Dynasty Leagues and maybe the FFPC main event as well. Yeah. So I'll start with that. Fantasy Pros Championship, $350 entry. Now a million dollar grand prize early bird entry. If you register by June 1st, draft by June 15th, you get a free $35 FFPC credit. So I'd recommend getting onto that right now. Over $6 million in prizes. Uh, We're very happy with the $2 million grand prizes. Your other one now is the FFPC main event, a million dollar grand prize, our flagship contest. Right now, early bird deadline is May 31st. That deal, you save $100 on your first team. And then $400 on each additional team after that. Dynasty startup leagues are forming now at myffpc.com. Leagues starting at $100. We have standard, best ball, super flex, all the options for any Dynasty fan. Uh, We have them there at myffpc.com. The FFPC best ball tournament is back. A $200,000 grand prize over 1.2 million in prizes. That's just 125 entry. Drafts are drafting now. And then, of course, the Superflex Best Ball Tournament is back for another year. $50,000 grand prize, uh, $360,000 in the total prize pool. And then with all of these drafts are going off daily uh, in those leagues. So hop in now. Uh, I think Balky's back. So I think I covered it, Balky. You, you yeah, you did. me if I did it right. I think Fantastic. I did a good job. Fantastic. Great job. And, and by the way, like hats off to the Revelations draft. Because my God, flying. you guys are crushing! It's once again flying. Where is Two Packer? Because this is the guy that that always uh, said, "Oh, not only Revelations sets the ADP, but they always are cooking along as fast as possible with with these uh, with these picks tonight." So we will do our best to uh, to bring you everything that's going on in the Revelations draft here as we switch to that draft going into our number two of the high stakes fantasy football our live draft coverage tonight. 
uh, youtube.com slash FFPC fantasy, twitter.com slash FFPC. And of course the fantasy football players championship on uh, Facebook as well. The um, competitors in the revelations uh, draft tonight is uh, the death dealers drafting number one tonight, Larry Jilton, longtime FFPC uh, high stakes player. The, his rednecks are drafting number two. Andrew Schellenberg drafting in both leagues tonight. We always appreciate that. Drafting in Genesis and Revelations. He's picking 10th in Genesis. He's picking three in Revelations tonight. Kevin Basker, Kobe's crew, drafting from the fourth tonight. Kill them all. That is Tommy Jones. No, not Tommy Lee Jones. Different Tommy Jones hitting number five tonight. John David, the defending champ of the FFPC Revelations draft at JD Goat District on Twitter. You follow him there. And of course, all the great content that they have at the GOAT District. He is drafting six tonight. Bitcoin, who is drafting number one in the Genesis draft. BitLab Mandel drafting seventh here. The bone collector, Gabriel Gibellino, uh, is drafting number eight. Mongoose is a guy who has been very, very good in a lot of the FFPC high stakes leagues at Planet Hollywood, especially the bare knuckle challenge going off on Thursday night. He's drafting ninth. Former guest of the show, the overhyped sleeper himself, Dan Williamson, also from the GOAT district, is picking 10th. The Huggers, formerly known as the Tree Huggers, that's Todd Hunter. He's drafting 11th. And, of course, Todd Aaron, the mad genius of fantasy football, bringing up the rear at the 12 spot tonight in the Revelations draft coverage. So let's pick this up. And I'll, I guess I'll go through the 14th round here uh, with you, Aiden, tonight, because that, that's the last fully completed round we have. Uh, we have Kareem Hunt going off the board, Jarek McKinnon, Marvin Mims in Denver going off the board as wide receiver 65. He is the uh, 14.03 tonight, and he goes to Dan Williamson there. Bunch of tight ends, Tyler Higby, Dawson Knox, Trey McBride from Arizona. Justin Tucker is the first kicker off the board tonight in the 14th round, followed by Jalen Hyatt, a guy, one of the few non-slot receivers the Giants have this year. Jared Goff is the 20th quarterback drafted, followed by Chuba Hubbard as running back 56. Gerald Everett completing the top 24 tight ends at the 14-11 uh, tonight. That is going to Larry Jilton's Rednecks, and then Ezekiel Elliott running back 57, the final pick of the 14th round going to the Death Dealers. All right. So let's talk about uh, the 14th round here. Um, a couple of guys, Jarek McKinnon just re-signed. Kareem Hunt still out there. Which guy do you like better right now, knowing that Kareem Hunt, we don't know where he's going to land, and then Jarek McKinnon, a guy who already re-signed with Kansas City, Aiden. This is uh, the picks that we saw tonight from uh, Todd Aaron and Todd Hunter. Well, well, Balky, one running back looked fantastic down the stretch last year and one looked awful. So I'm going to go with Jarek McKinnon because he looked mm. like a great fantasy running back. I don't like either for fantasy, but if you're choosing one, I'm going with the guy again, Chiefs offense. I mean, his only competition is Pacheco. We didn't even talk about it in the Genesis draft. Pacheco went at the 4-1, which is yes. wild. But regardless, I do like Pacheco, but I think Andy loves running his split backfields. I don't – McKinnon's stuff is just – every year it's – like a random three-week stretch of just unbelievable play. And then whether it be in the NFL playoffs, whether it be in the fantasy playoffs, whether it be week eight to ten, you know it's coming, it seems, on this Kansas City team. Right. Kareem Hunt, I think, might just be washed. He, I, I don't know. I know there was behind-the-scenes stuff with Cleveland in terms of his contract. He didn't, maybe didn't want to be there, wanted to be traded. But he didn't look great. And their offensive line is, is a solid O-line. I know they had their offensive struggles, but – 
Yeah, I'm going to go with just McKinnon. I don't like – obviously, again, obviously you're in the 14th round. Like, who are yeah. you going to love, right? There are guys with upside. But I'm going to just take McKinnon because I think he right now is just a better NFL running back, and he signed with the team, and that team is the Chiefs. Is there something to be said for Todd Aaron, who took uh, Kareem Hunt here as his uh, number five running back? Is there something to be said, the fact that he already had Barkley, Kamara, Jamal Williams, and Jeff Wilson, does that make Kareem Hunt a little bit more palatable as the first uh, selection off the board in the 14th round, Aiden? Uh, not really. So, no, is what I'm <laughs> No, I mean, right, with Kamara's out, Jamal Williams, let's just say right there you likely have one running back between right. the two of them. I'm not a what you... one guy this year. It's just – I don't love the running back room for team. Okay, I get it. I get it. That's fine. What do you make of Dan Williamson um, here as he he took receivers with his first two picks? He gets Debo Samuel in the fourth, Kadarius Tony in the seventh, and then he ignores the position until he takes Marvin Mims, the 65th receiver off the board at the 1403 tonight as his number five wide receiver. He already had three tight ends on his team. He already had Patrick Mahomes, smart investment or no with Mims for Dan Williamson. Aiden. I mean, Broncos traded up for Mims. And if we were grading rookies based purely on like their athletic score, like the, the RAS, I mean, Mims mm-hmm. would be one of the greatest receivers ever coming out of the draft. His stuff is astounding. I'm a fan. I have 14th round. I, I like taking your flyers. I mean, right. Stud dynasty just said Mingo. And he went in the 15th year. Like Maybe you go Mingo. He's only one. Mims is there. Sudden Judy. I think Mims is behind some people. So if I'm drafting a rookie, I'm just taking, again, we talked about that ceiling. I think, if, first off, fantasy players, including myself, this are silly, right? I hated Jalen Hyatt pre-draft. Hated, I thought the Tennessee scheme is just Art Bryles Baylor. I still hate him for what it's worth. I still and hate Jalen Hyatt. I do, right? <laughs> and then I see a video of him talking to the Cowboys coach. And it's all kind of like, coach, what I'm in. And he's like hyping up his route. And I watch that video. I'm like, you know what? Maybe this guy won't be bad. Oh, just you're, drinking, you're drinking that volunteer Kool-Aid. Yeah. Oh, my God. And let me tell you, I, I'm trying to tell myself, like, I'm on these live shows. I can't let these training camp videos affect me. <laughs> but also with Hyatt, it goes back to, I think, of all the places who are, I don't think he's great. I like Cedric Tillman more out of Tennessee. But, again, that wide receiver room is weak. Look what Brian Dabble does with his receivers, right? Yeah. Look what he made Isaiah Hodgins. And Hyatt's speed is like, you know, maybe he has a Will Fuller trajectory, right? A couple of good right. years. I don't know. But I like Mims a lot, but I just don't know if the fit right. Russell Wilson also stinks, right? Beyond that. So it's just. Last year he did. You're giving up on him. That's that's what I'm hearing? You're done? Unlimited. Unlimited. Yeah. I'm so he's Mr. Russell Limited. Wilson. Mr. Yeah. Limited in 2023. Okay. Yeah, not disagreeing I, with you. I'm just I just I like saying. Marvin Mims, the player and the idea of Marvin Mims. I just think that if you're going with like an upside rookie, there was rookies where I think the fit better helps them in year one. OK, but then again, I mean, you go back to sudden's been kind of they've kind of quelled those. But still, the trade rumors, I think, are going to be whirling around sudden for a while. I like Judy. But yeah, I'm just it's partly also I'm sure Terp, if he was on him, says when you get burned by an offense, like I'm sure so many people did with Denver's offense last year, it's just kind of hard to go back. So I do, I don't, again, you're in the 14th round. I like the pick. I think I would have gone Mingo for sure. And I'm talking myself into Hyatt, even though I know I should. <laughs> well, the, the great thing about Jalen Hyatt is like, he's the only receiver on that team. That's not a third down slot possession receiver. The issue that's Jaylen all they Hyatt, got. 
he knows two routes. It's a go route. That, but that's fine. Route. That might be all he needs to know for the Giants this year because then, they, they got all these guys that are running all these underneath stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're, yeah. they're, I don't know about fantasy pros, which is what we're doing right now with, with um, not fantasy pros, but we're talking about managed teams, 20 mm-hmm. round drafts. This is not best ball. There is something to be said for players that you're going to have to sub in and out. And yeah. I don't know if Jalen Hyatt's the guy I want to sub in and out. I just want to leave him in there as far as a best ball team. And when he hits that, yeah. you know, three catches for 110 yards and two touchdowns, he's in my lineup. But Way better best ball player. Way exactly. When he has the one for 18 and no touchdowns, I don't want him anywhere yeah. near my lineup. That's the thing uh, when we get to that. Uh, round 15 here in the Revelations, former Wisconsin Badger Jake Ferguson goes at the 1501 tonight to the Death Dealers. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles is the first defense off the board. He goes to Larry Jilton or they go to Larry Jilton, the Rednecks, at the 1502. You just mentioned Jonathan Mingo, followed by Tyler Boyd, the grizzled veteran, tonight going to Kevin Bassiker. That's Kobe's crew. Devin Singletary, the new Houston Texans running back, off the board at 1505 tonight to kill them all. That's Tommy Jones. Dallas defense, the second uh, defense off the board, followed by a bevy of running backs here, starting with uh, Bip Lab Mandel, taking Chase Brown, Zach Evans off the board to Gabriel Gibellino, the bone collector, and then Raheem Mostert to Michael Zuka's Mongooses after that. The Niners defense followed by Alec Pierce and Romeo Dobbs, a pair of receivers to end it. Todd Hunter and Todd Aaron. Do you have a feeling on those last two receivers drafted in the 15th round here, Aiden? You know, Alec Pierce goes off the board as the number six receiver to Todd Hunter, and Romeo Dobbs goes off the board as the number five receiver to Todd Aaron, the mad genius of fantasy football. Is one of these guys better than the other in a managed league like the Revelations contest? Hmm. I mean, Nico, has Tank Dell been drafted? I don't see. Tank Dell, I think. Nathan Dell? Yeah. I know, I, I know Tank Bigsby. Is it is is Nathan Dell's nickname Tank? Yeah, I yeah. should know this. Okay. I, I don't see him off players, the board yet. No, yeah, like, I, think, I think Tank Dell passes Nico Collins by the end of the year. I don't know if I, I don't really what yeah. now. Why is that? Why do you see that happening? Just because I've been reading drinking Tank Dell Kool-Aid and just all this. I mean, he was a, at every level he played, he's been a beast. And it just kind of was that Houston's just bad. That's a bad team. That's why right. I hated the the Will Anderson trade up. I think they should have gone Anderson at two because they're giving away their own first round pick. That's going to be a top five pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I like say Jones. I, I, I literally what we said for Hyatt, which I feel like applies to a lot of these guys this late is I think Zay Jones is a better best ball player. Cause there's going to be some weeks. I think he does explode because again, it goes back to what we said earlier in the show about Jacksonville's offense. Um, so, but I do like Zay Jones. I do think a lot of Jaguars are going to have value and he's one of them. I think he had a great connection with Trevor Lawrence. We saw what he did the, uh, at the end of the season for them, although he did kind of bagel in the playoffs. Yeah. But Romeo Dobbs, I mean, Jaden Reed here went in the 12th round. I'm seeing you would know more about Dobbs. I, so my answer, I think, is Zay Jones. But Dobbs, there's like talks that Reed, Watson, there's Musgrave, people, people. there's a lot of people who love Musgraves in the pre-draft that Dobbs might be kind of a, a one-hit wonder in terms of the preseason hype. I am going to let my guard down here. Um, I do a local Northeast Wisconsin radio show here, and I've, been pretty buttoned up about this topic. I'm going to let my guard down here. I'm going to shed all my armor. I'm going to shed everything that I have believed about the Packers receivers. Aiden, I'm going to tell you right now, 
I am scared to death about the receiver and tight end depth in Green Bay right now. It's fine if you want to roll with all these rookies, which historically I think is the youngest receiver core in the NFL history that the Packers are rolling out this year. Not to mention a super young tight end core, and you're having Jordan Love in his first year. Hey, this could be great. You know, the fact that they all grow up together, I'm not betting on it. I think now that I've seen what the Packers' plans are, I think 2022, all right, beg your pardon, 2023 is going to be a rebuilding year for Green Bay, no question. And if you want to take stabs on Watson and, well, maybe not Watson because I think he's going to be all right. But do you want to take stabs at Dobbs and Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave late in drafts? Hey, more power to you. Um, maybe it works out, but I think it probably doesn't. And I'm I'm scared to death about what the Packers are doing right now. So that's my feelings on on the Packers receivers. Um, Dubs could work out. Uh, Reed could work out. You want to guess which one is going to work out? I don't for a managed league like this. No, thank you. Uh, in the Fantasy Pros and the FFPC main event, I'll take him in the FFPC uh, best ball tournament, the Superflex best ball tournament, where you can win $200,000 or $50,000. Um, and, and just these guys get played when they – they blow up. I don't know when to predict it in, in a managed league. And that's why I don't like Dobbs. That's why I don't like uh Reed late in drafts, Musgrave, uh, Tucker craft. The list, go, list goes on and on. That's my feelings on the Packers. All right. Enough green Bay stuff. Let's get to round 16 here, which began with Nico Collins and Zay Jones, which you already alluded to Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Leonard Fournette off the board to the mongooses. New York jets is the fourth defense chase, uh, taken. That is the bone collector, Gabriel Gibellino, uh, Gibellino taking the Jets, Khalil Shakir, Donovan Peoples-Jones off the board to Biplab Mandel and John David, respectively, followed by the Buffalo Bills, the fifth defense taken. That's Tommy Jones who takes him there. Luke Musgrave, the aforementioned Green Bay Packers tight end. Off the board to Kevin Bassiger. Evan McPherson is the number two kicker. Jelani Woods to Larry Jilton, followed by Pierre Strong. The New England Patriots running back at the 16-12 tonight. The running back 64 to the Death Dealers himself. Uh, the final pick of the 16th round. Do you have a feeling on Khalil Shakir? Because I know uh, a lot of people were celebrating that the Bills did not draft a wide receiver until the fifth round. I think it was Brandon Shorter that they went with. Is that more of a win? I asked this to um, uh, um, Pat Fitzmaurice from Fantasy Pros last night here on the FFPC YouTube channel, uh, which you can watch uh, if, if you missed it. You can watch it back in, in real time. Not real time, but you can watch it back on demand. Uh, uh, YouTube.com slash FFPC Fantasy. I asked him, who was a bigger winner, Khalil Shakir or Gabe Davis, and the fact that the Bills didn't sink a high draft pick into a wide receiver. Um, off the board tonight is Khalil Shakir to Biplab Mandel at the uh, wide receiver 73-1606. Good pick for you here, Aiden LaCorey. There's no, I mean, I think whatever, I've been on with you for some of these lives, I've been on with Terp, I would say the same thing. You kind of hit round 15. There's no bad picks. Right. Right. I think there are somewhere I could view as I would like me personally, like, why aren't you shooting for upside? Right. I think mm -hmm. you should always be shooting for upside. There, There's some guys where, for example, I'm looking at it not to knock it, but Zeke Elliott's one, right? The last pick around 14. Me personally, it's like, where, like, where's the upside in that? To answer your question, though, I think Gabe Davis is a bigger winner. Khalil Shakir getting some love. Coaches seem to love him. Survived the draft. Same time, 10 career catches. He doesn't yeah. have any Gabe Davis history. It's like that Bengals playoff game or moments where you can kind of look to. 
Gabe Davis, I thought was always being overdrafted last year. I wasn't the biggest buyer because it kind of went back to his, I think people are putting too much stock into one playoff game, but you can also turn this around for him and say, you know what? He dealt with a nagging ankle, a nagging ankle injury all year. I think since like week two or three, he, he suffered that high well, ankle sprain was yeah, the same. Exactly. So yeah. I think some of the failure you could maybe chalk at that. I just, I know it sounds crazy and I'm lower on Kincaid than I think some people are sometimes wonder just the way it's structured. If this is kind of always going to be just a one receiver offense, that's it's going to be digs. And then it's going to be super hit or miss with the occasional uh, hit week for someone, but it's just going to be far too inconsistent. So I've, to answer long winded way, I like Gabe. Dave, I thought Gabe Davis was a bigger winner and I think he could have some, maybe some post type sleeper value. Khalil Shakir in round 16, it's a great upside pick without a doubt. Cause because of just the buzz, Maybe he's operating in the slot, but at the same time, I'm looking at it and I am a pessimist because of how the offense is structured and the fact that he has no his. Like, what what are we really looking at besides I think he had one good week last year to really back up to this take, other than Buzz? Let me ask you this, Aiden. As long as we're talking, we've, we've touched on the Fantasy Pros Championship. $350 can win you $1 million at myffpc.com. So if you haven't registered for that, make sure you are doing that and taking advantage of the early bird promotion. Um, Gabe Davis, wide receiver 41 at the 809 on average. Khalil Shakir, wide receiver 70 at the 1506 on average. That is the receiver uh, portion of it. Dalton Kincaid, again, FFPC tight end premium, is going at uh, tight end 13 at the 1001 between Kincaid, between Davis, and between Shakir. Are you telling us that the best guy to own, the best guy to draft, is indeed Dalton Kincaid? Uh, no, I, I, I'm <laughs> uh, I'm off Kincaid. I, I just always go to right trend wise. I have it up here. Pitts jury's out, right? I think right. Deshaun, I think he's misused, but Pitts, uh, Noah Fant traded, T.J. Hawkinson, great now, not on the Lions, and had some rough years with the Lions. Hated right. verse, not good. And Joku, basically my point is Evan Ingram, not in, not in the Giants. OJ Howard didn't work out. First round tight ends hit rate just isn't great. Mm-hmm. And I know this tight end class was there. I like uh, Michael Meyer the most. Meyer, Mayer, whatever. I, I don't. I liked him the most out of the draft. I just can't buy into Kincaid. If I'm drafting a second Bills receiver, which I won't be doing, because of my performance, I do believe that it's a it's just a one receiver. Well, okay, but but you you say you're not going to be drafting him. I just said Khalil Shakir, and I'll bring this up again right now. Shakir, according to Fantasy Mojo, wide receiver seventy at the fifteen oh six. You're not blowing a fifteenth round pick. So no, that, it, no, no, no. So it's one of those. I think of them. I think Davis has has that post hype sleeper value, right? So he'd yeah, be your choice among would be. Guys. But then you hear the ADPs, and they're like, maybe for me, it's it's a weird thing because I'm low on all of them. I think it would be Davis, but at the same time, part of me feels as though. But Shakir, it's 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 a lottery ticket pick right here in like the fifteenth round. Mm-hmm. So I'm leaning. I would go Davis, Shakir, Kincaid is where was where I'm going. Is there something to be said as as the Dizzle is saying of right now? Oh, Aiden and his his uh, live draft coverage is doing great except for his Dalton Kincaid analysis. Is there something to be said right now when you're trying to beat out more than 10,000 other teams, Aiden, 
to win a $1 million grand prize? Is there something to be said for taking a chance on a guy like Dalton Kincaid? The unknown, the unopened present, the shiny new toy where we just don't know what he's capable of in a tight end premium format. Is there something to be said for taking Kincaid um, in the, whatever I said, the 10th round where he's going, is there something to be said for taking him and ignoring Shakir and ignoring Gabe Davis and taking the upside there? Absolutely. Cause I mean, as you said, it's, he's the unknown. I think almost in a weird way, what plays into it is Kincaid's not the strongest blocker and teams knew that coming in. Right. So when you understand if a team's trading up to get him, they have to be aware of that. And it's almost kind of how we sometimes see Dawson Knox use, right? It's maybe they're going to use him more just as a receiver, right? They're not sending him to block. So yeah, the unknown is great. Titan premium. I get that. And it's the idea of a high powered offense with Josh Allen, um, is trading up for this guy. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said about that. I'm not, I'm sounding like a broken record now. I, I'm <laughs> just a pessimist with any other Buffalo Bills receiver slash tight end not named Stefan Diggs. I just can't buy into any of them. Uh, Bitblad Mandel loves Kincaid slot money. Ding, ding, ding. I think I'm going to be in the minority on this. Like, well, that's fine. That's like, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. You know, no. I, I get it. Uh, kicking off the 17th round in the Revelations draft, the 2023 FFPC Revelations draft, the Death Dealers take Michael Carter out of New York. Deuce Vaughn. I don't know if Larry Jilton uh, sent a, an extra special phone call to Deuce Vaughn saying, hey, you want to work out with the Rednecks less, uh, next week? I don't know. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But he is the 1702 here. Isaiah Hodgins, a darling in fantasy leagues down the stretch last year, wide receiver 75. He goes to clutch like Shelly here at the 1703. Zamir White, the backup to the Las Vegas Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, goes off at the 1704 to Kevin Bassaker. Daniel Carlson, a fellow Las Vegas Raiders, go uh, Las Vegas Raider goes at the 1705. Isaiah likely, likely not to be as high as he was picked last year. Tight end 28 tonight at the 1706 to John David. That is the returning champ, the defending champ from the GOAT district, uh, taking him there. Harrison Butker and Tyler Bass off the board after that. The rookie out of Tennessee, Cedric Tillman at the 1709. Wide receiver 76 to Michael Zuka, a highly accomplished uh, FFPC high-stakes player. Dan Williamson takes Hunter Renfro right after that, followed by the New England Patriots defense, followed by Noah Fant, the final pick, and tight end 29. The 17-12 goes to Todd Aaron, the mad genius of fantasy football. Isaiah Likely this year, can we just safely ignore him, uh, Aiden, given all the pass catchers in Baltimore? Because I think with tight end premium scoring, um, everybody was all about Likely this year. Mm, this year with Beckham, with Zay Flowers, with you know, with with um, uh, Mark Andrews, the return of Rashad Bateman, his, his luster is not as shiny as it was last year. I mean, we talked about it, right? Fan, us fantasy players, we see a couple of preseason videos, one preseason game, and all of a sudden we're all in on a guy that we weren't even considering two days right. before. That was likely last year. Uh, all preseason hype team. I think you're relying on a Mark Andrews injury for him to be relevant. I, I do like the player still. I think he's, by all accounts, an athletic freak. He's a big tight end. But there's just not an, they They're already not going to be throwing enough to sustain all those guys you mentioned definitely not the backup tight end when you have mark andrews but again 17th round lottery ticket but yeah i don't i don't see i think as you said effectively ignoring him i think is is okay wide receiver 92 on average in the fantasy pros championship 
is indeed Justin Ross in Kansas City. He is going on the, on average at, as the 1808. Tonight he goes at the 1805, so kind of on brand for him. What do you make of the Chiefs uh, receivers? Because Juju Smith-Schuster's in New England. Obviously, we're not worried about him. But you have Sky Moore. You have Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You have um, uh, uh, who am I forget? Kadarius Tony. Thank you. Kadarius Tony also going there. What do you make of Justin Ross? Uh, a guy who, if he wouldn't have had that neck injury at Clemson, would have been a first round NFL draft pick. Good, good or bad stab at uh, a potential lottery ticket in the 18th round for you, Aiden. The ultimate lottery ticket in both real life and fantasy, right? I mean, dude, was he said a first round talent? I think that if I'm talking just briefly i think the chiefs missed an opportunity in the draft to with some of the receivers who they could have taken could have maybe traded up for or heck some of the tight ends i think they could have grabbed kelsey probably mm -hmm. sadly right only probably has so many years left so i thought they missed a chance but it was it was good for these guys yeah i mean i have nothing more to say on Justin ross because we haven't seen them really play in years i think it's just a lottery ticket and yeah the only thing I have on him is that Patrick Mahomes worked out in the offseason with him, which is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> like, sure, like there that's something you said it. And I'm just it's just a lottery ticket. You're in the 18th round. Might as well take a shot. Would be would be a great story, right? Beyond fantasy, yeah. fantastic rooting for him. Story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's uh as as we have rounded up coverage, the revelation draft is now done. Congratulations to those guys getting the draft done in a slim and sexy 88 minutes tonight. Larry Jilton taking Bryce Young to back up Justin Fields, who he took in the fourth round. Uh, fourth round. Bryce Young, excuse me. Bryce Young going off the board in the 18th round tonight as the 21st quarterback off the board. What are your expectations, Aiden, this year? Because this is where he is going. He's basically free at the end of drafts. What do you make of Bryce Young? I know people like Mingo. I saw the weapons the weapons the Panthers have, someone said they would get through a TSA check. I mean, just nothing. So I think it's going to be a rough year for young fantasy wise. I just don't see, as I said, with the weapons that they have, how he could produce Bryce young to me, almost unless Carolina develops into a place with high level receivers. I just find it hard to see for his career in that current situation, him being a fantasy star. Right? Mm. He seems more of a better real life, NFL quarterback than a fantasy guy. That's kind of how I view him um, in terms of the fantasy level for the next couple of years. But I mean, if Mingo emerges, we can talk, but I mean, just not, there's not a lot there that makes me excited that I think he's going to really put together a great rookie season fantasy wise. And, and I definitely can see that for sure. As long as we have the time here, Aiden, and, and the fact that, that uh, live pick by pick coverage is done, let's go ahead and go through um, the, the, the teams here. Yeah. Um, in the Revelations draft to, to kick things off. And if we get a chance, we'll go back to, to Genesis. So the Death Dealers uh, had the first overall pick tonight in Revelations. We'll go through it here by position. Dak Prescott and Jordan Love are the quarterbacks. The running backs, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, Pierre Strong, Michael Carter, and Chase Edmonds receivers, Justin Jefferson, Christian Watson, Mike Evans, Traylon Burks, Jacoby Myers, KJ Osborne, Jaden Reed, uh, and then the tight ends, Dalton Schultz and Jake Ferguson. I like every spot on this team. I think you're going a little bit old if if I'm uh, able to make my uh, opinion on this. 
and mm-hmm. I am because yeah. I'm hosting this podcast. But yeah, the running backs are a little bit older. Uh, the receivers I think are fine. The quarterbacks I think are fine. I question the tight ends a little bit, and and I think that the tight ends and the age of the receivers here are my biggest concerns from the uh, death deal death dealers. Aiden, I don't. So obviously, when you have Justin Jefferson, I think it's going to be easy to make up. But mm-hmm. I feel like the the receivers have concerns. I mean, Watson, We you talked about your concern. You think he'll be okay, but it's Jordan loves throwing him the ball. Who right. knows what's going to be? I do like, and we were talking about earlier, when I'm hearing you kind of, as you said, you kind of let your guard down and talk about the Packers receivers. That whole time, all I'm hearing is just Aaron Jones check down, Aaron Jones check down, right? Yeah, and, and, but, and you're right, but I thought that's what was going to happen last year, and yeah. quite frankly, it didn't. So I don't know what to make of it. I'm going to be forever long as he keeps – going at the rate he's going every year for me will be this is the year Derek Henry falls off. So I'd actually, I actually, I'm not, I'm not in love with this team because besides Jefferson and Chubb's always solid, but I think Cleveland's going to try throwing the ball way more next year. Derek Henry falls off Jones and Watson. You might be looking at a bad offense and you just invested two top five picks, right? In possibly a really weak offense, a young offense and I'm a quarterback. Right, and then you're going with Mike Evans and Traylon Burks. It's just mm-hmm. I, I'm not a huge fan personally. Just sharing my opinion because there's a lot of uncertainty, and some of that uncertainty is age, poor situation. So there's a lot in a lot of these early picks, right? right? So that's I'm a little, little, little concerned with that. But I, I don't see a ton of upside though either. That's I think another one of the issues. I've drafted against death dealers uh, in Kentucky for sure. And this is a guy who is normally used to drafting for million dollar grand prizes or six figure grand prizes. So, and maybe he was doing that a little bit here. I could see it working out, but I I think the path to success, um, this is the type of team that can win a six figure grand prize rather than, you know, just four figures here in, in revelation. Let's move on to Larry Jilton, the rednecks here drafting from the second spot. The quarterbacks are Justin Fields and Bryce Young. Christian McCaffrey, Brees Hall, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, and Deuce Vaughn are the running backs. DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, Rondale Moore, Tim Patrick are the receivers. Cole Komet, Gerald Everett, and Jelani Woods are the tight ends. Again, this is not a best ball, so it's tough for me to get on board with the tight ends. I like the receivers. However, there is a lot to, like, you know, there's a lot of aging or possession guys here with Moore and Johnson, and Thomas, and Thielen. You know what I mean? And then yeah. Rondale Moore, who knows what's going to happen the first half of the season without Kyler Murray. So question marks at wide receiver, question marks at tight end. No quarrel with the upside at quarterback. No quarrel mm-hmm. with uh, with the running backs in McCaffrey, Hall, Montgomery, and Khalil Herbert here. I, I, I would agree with you. I don't want to sound like a pessimist on all these, but if you're going running back, running back as your start, at the basically when I'm my, maybe I should just start if I'm at the 102 I don't think I'm considering McCaffrey which sounds wild I just think over the course of a full season they're going to limit his touches more than people are thinking right and I know really? Elijah Mitchell can't stay healthy but just in the back of my mind when Elijah Mitchell was McCaffrey wasn't getting the touches that he was when he wasn't right he was getting an absurd amount of touches and I know he even with limited touches behind that O-line in that offense with Shanahan. He's going to, he's going to, the touches that he does get are going to be, he's going to make great use of them. Right. Right. But Chase Jefferson and Kelsey, 
are all on my board ahead of McCaffrey. Like, I think those three comfortably ahead of Christian McCaffrey. That's why I said at the very start of this show, I was saying the 104 is when it's, I think it really becomes a crapshoot. Then Brees Hall coming off the ACL. Eh, that's a little scary. So if I'm going running back, running back, I would have liked, I don't think the McCaffrey picks awful, but I don't, I, I didn't love that start. I do like the receivers. I'm really high on DK. I thought he had a great year. As long as he stays healthy, I think he does that mm-hmm. again. Um, DJ Moore, we talked about earlier. I actually like Deontay. I know it's sixth round. I actually like that value because it's just it, it's borderline impossible to to do what he did last year with all those touches, um, with no touchdown. And I think the Steelers' offense is better. Underrated storyline from like the offseason. Matt Canada coming back as a Steelers offensive coordinator is brutal for fantasy because he's for, so bad. For former Badgers, Wisconsin Badgers offensive coordinator for you college no, football fans. Out no there. idea what he's doing. I don't know how he still has a job. It's crazy. <laughs> so that I, could hurt, but it, it could. Um, I want to let, let's go through this. I'll, I'll, we'll go a little bit more rapid fire here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time, I want to get through Genesis too. Uh-huh. Uh, Andrew Schellenberg from the third spot. He goes zero RB. Chase Olave Higgins and London followed by Lamar Jackson. He gets DeAndre Swift and Zach Charbonnet as his top two running backs in the sixth and seventh round. Brandon Ayuk is his number five receiver. Dalton Kincaid, he goes back to back tight ends here. Dalton Kincaid and Greg Dulcich. Jalen Warren tanks Big B, uh, Tank Bigsby, Jerome Ford and Chuba Hubbard followed by Jonathan Mingo, Evan McPherson, Isaiah Hodgins, the Seahawks defense, Sean Tucker and Rashid Shahid. I'm going to tell you this right now. Feel free to disagree with me here, uh, Aiden. I feel like all three of these teams in the Revelations draft, fantastic teams to try to win a half million or a $1 million grand prize in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Equipped to win out of 12 teams here? Mm, I'm not so sure. I'm going to, I'll try and speed my thoughts up. I'm just going to give a couple picks I like for everyone. I'm going to be more positive, right? Off the bat, from rounds 11 to 14. Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, right? Banged up last year. Jalen Warren, when he flashed, looked great. So if anything happens there, Tank Bibsy, Tank Bigsby, Dougie Peterson down there in Jacksonville loves running his his two running backs, right? It's mm-hmm. they Jamal Agnew got more touches than Travis Etienne in the playoffs at times last year. So I like Bigsby, Jerome Ford. If anything happens to Chubb, he's the backup. And then Chuba last year went healthy and when after the trade McCaffrey wasn't terrible. Miles Sanders gonna get hurt guaranteed so i like that four pick stretch if you're taking darts on running backs after going zero rb to start that's how you do it i think one of those is going to hit and be a startable running back for the whole season for him so i like those four um let's go to kobe's crew that's kevin bassaker he cracks the tight ends at uh 104 with travis kelsey justin herbert and jared goffer as quarterbacks josh jacobs travis Etienne, dalvin cook damian harris uh, Zamir White and Evan Huller as running backs. DeAndre Hopkins, Jordan Addison, Gabe Davis, Cortland Sutton, Darnell Mooney, DJ Chark, Tyler Board, the receivers, Kelsey, Mike Kosicki, and Luke Musgrave, tight ends. I got to be honest with you. If the receivers hit, uh, Kevin Bassaker is going to be a team to be tangled with. But if they don't hit, man, I don't like Jordan Addison as my number two receiver. And I don't like Gabe Davis as my number three. And I don't like DeAndre Hopkins as my number one. So we're in agreement there. I, I can do- get on board with Hopkins as my number one. Given what he did in the first three rounds, the rest of it, eh, <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I'm, I, I disagree. I, I okay. don't like DeAndre. It's just, I mean, quarterback is going to be a question all year. That Arizona offense is putrid. I'm off. And Hopkins, I mean, Hopkins is kind of showing some of those underlying metrics of decline. Pick I like early rounds. I do like Josh Jacobs, and is one of those where I think some people maybe are overthinking it a bit. Sixteen hundred yards, ton of touchdowns last year. 
I know he's in the franchise, but that team also doesn't have a ton of weapons. I think they mm-hmm. traded away Waller. I think Renfro probably, I think, is gone. They have Jacoby Myers, but is that like I think they're still gonna be a very run heavy team. They're gonna they're gonna ride Josh Jacobs. So I, I like that pick. I would take him. I like they we went 201 in Genesis. I like that pick, even though it was a little above ADP. That's where I think he should be going. Tommy Jones killed them all at the 105 tonight. Quarterbacks, Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford, running backs, Ramondre Stevenson, Miles Sanders, James Cook, Israel Abanaconda, Devin Singletary, wide receivers, Cooper Cup, Devontae Smith, Brandon Cooks, Juju Smith Schuster, Alan Lazard, Rasheed Rice, Jalen Hyatt, tight ends are Pat Fryermuth, David Njoku, and Luke Schoenmaker. I can get on board with the tight ends. I can get on board with the quarterbacks. Some uh, receivers and running backs. Mm, I'm not so sure. Uh, Cooper and uh, Cup. Uh, beg your pardon. Cup and Smith. Okay, but Brandon Cooks in what should be a run dominant scheme. Juju Smith Schuster. I don't know what to expect in New England. You're counting on those guys as your number three and number four receivers. Alan Lazard, Rashi Rice. After that, again question marks there. And then running backs. Stevenson, yeah, we like to think he's going to be a top 15 running back, but we don't know. Miles Sanders, I don't know what to expect in Carolina. James Cook, Israel, Bannacana. There's a lot of wild cards on this team. Again, I, I, I feel like Tommy Jones's team here is fantastic for the Fantasy Pros Championship or the FFPC main event where you're trying to win a million dollars. A closed 12-team league, I think I would have gone with some safer picks here. Uh, we didn't even mention Rashi Rice when we were talking about those Chiefs receivers. He just fits right. their mold of a small, yeah. twitchy, uh, fast receiver. I disagree with you. I don't think uh, Ramondre Stevenson is a wild card. I mean, everyone's like, like oh, it. so-and-so survived the draft. So, Dude, Ramondre Stevenson survived the draft and was a baller last year. And what what do – I mean, he's just going to – I still think he gets a ton of checkdowns. The receivers didn't get any better. The tight ends didn't get any better. I'm all in on Ramondre Stevenson. I don't know if he gets pushed up because he's been pretty steady in this mid third and pretty much all contests. I'm I'm taking him above Chubb, Henry, Brees Hall. Like I, I I'm in under Mondre Stevenson. He's the only one there, and he's a talent. So I think uh, the rare Patriots running back to maybe not not have questions. <laughs> uh, let's go to the defending champion in this league, John David from the Goat District. That's JD. He drafted. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tunga Bailoa as his quarterbacks. Running backs are Tony Pollard, Jameer Gibbs, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, and Kendra Miller, along with James Robinson. Receivers are Tyreek Hill, Christian Kirk, Jahan Dotson, Rashad Bateman, Josh Downs, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Joshua Palmer, and Chase Claypool. Evan Ingram and Isaiah Likely are the tight ends. I think this is a guy who drafted based on beating 11 other teams rather than 11,000 other teams here. So I can get on board with his draft. It is not the sexiest thing, but I think he's built himself some depth on this squad. I think he can um, put in guys on on bye weeks, and and if he's ever dealing with injuries, I think it makes sense. Yeah, the tight end depth isn't great, but if Evan Ingram produces, all of a sudden this team looks pretty good, Aiden. Uh, this is the best team so far that we've talked about. We I wanted to mention him during the draft. Antonio Gibson, Eric Bieniemy is their new OC. You're trying to tell me Eric mm-hmm. Bieniemy isn't going to use Antonio Gibson, who is a a receiver essentially playing running back, a, a breaks tackles fast, can catch out of the backfield. No idea why. It's like kind of like with Swift, right? And Troy's like, somebody's like, what behind the scenes is making the coaches hate them? I'm big time in on Antonio Gibson just because I'm trusting that the enemy is smart enough to use him. So I love mm. that pick. 
Uh, Bitbled Mandela, a longtime high-stakes uh, successful player with the FFPC. Let's look at his draft here from the seventh spot. Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray are his quarterbacks. Running backs, Austin Eckler, Javante Williams, A.J. Dillon, Roshan Johnson, Chase Brown, Joshua Kelly. Receivers, Jalen Waddell, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams, Odell Beckham, Khalil Shakir. Tight ends are Mark Andrews, Trey McBride, and Kate Otten. I got to tell you right here, um, with the exception of the receivers and the tight ends, which I really love, I think that you look at this guy at Bip's running backs and his quarterbacks, if they produce and if they hit this year, this guy is going to run away with the league because I love the depth he has formulated at receiver and tight end. Uh, running backs, there are some questions, obviously, with Javante Williams, A.J. Dillon, Roshan Johnson. And then uh, you look at tight ends after Mark Andrews. We don't know what to expect from Trey McBride, uh, Trey McBride and Kate Otten. But if those guys hit, then all of a sudden he's going to be a contender down the stretch. And it's hard for me to believe that all those guys are not going to be um, hits this year. He's going to hit on a lot of these guys. He's going to be in the mix, Aiden. Yeah, I, th- I, I, I loved Roshan pre-draft. Unexpected fall right to day three, but solid landing spot, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if Khalil Herbert's a workhorse. So I, I'm a fan of that pick. I think he probably ends up being his RB2 this year. Some of the, I, I love Waddle. I don't think he cannot. Miami's proven they can they can hold two uh, wide receiver ones. The run on receiver is a little shaky, but Mike Williams, I just can't, I can't get off Mike Williams in the seventh round just thinking – He's probably not going to stay healthy the whole year, but he's their best receiver when healthy, I think, with Keenan right. kind of getting older. So I'm not a Quentin Johnson guy. So I like Mike Williams' value for him. This is a good team. I actually like JD's, I think, a bit better if, I, if I'm ranking them in my head. Yeah. But this is another well, it, team. And it's and it's tough because JD and, and Bip are, are two very accomplished players oh, yeah. in this space. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they had to cannibalize each other for players yeah. in the middle of the draft, it made it tough on both of them. Let's go to the bone collector, Gabriel Gibellino, uh at the eight spot tonight. Jalen Hurts, Deshaun Watson, Daniel Jones are his quarterbacks. Bijan Robinson, Kenneth Walker, Rashad White, uh, Cam Akers, and my computer just went haywire, so I apologize for that. I'm going to try to get it back right now. You're Cam good. Akers. I, I can finish for you. I got, you it, got it. it. I got it. I got there it. Tyler go. I was ready to step in. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, Tyler Algier, Zach Evans, and uh, Daenerys Pierce, and or Daenerys Prince, I uh, beg your pardon, receivers, George Pickens, Zay Flowers, Elijah Moore, John Mechie, Justin Ross, tight ends are Dallas Goddard, Dawson Knox, and Zach Ertz. Love everything about this team except for, you. that's right, you guessed it, the receivers. I can't get on board with Pickens as my number one. Say Flowers, my number two. Elijah Moore is my number three. John Mechie is my number four. If the receivers hit, man, this team is going to be awesome. But I don't think they'll hit. And now you're kind of in mediocrity here if you're the bone collector. Running backs are phenomenal, but you kind of hope they would be when they're, what, four of your first six picks? Like, they almost need to be. Love them, but, like, the receivers are generally bad and don't love the upside on a lot of them. So yeah, I'm. You said it all. Receivers, receivers are a big weak point of this draft. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. You know, like, like you could be. It's fine to be weak somewhere, but to be that weak, mm, I'm not so sure. All right, Michael Zuka, a guy who has been very, very good in the bare knuckles draft over the years, and very, very good in a lot of the high stakes drafts over at the FFPC at Planet Hollywood, which you register for right now. MyFFPC.com. You could sign up for all those high stakes leagues and compete against guys like Michael Zuka. He is drafting from the nine spot tonight in the Revelations draft. Anthony Richardson and Russell Wilson are the quarterbacks. God, Mike, 
2023, in the year of our Lord, Anthony Richardson is going ahead of Russell Wilson and Drafts. God, I love it. Uh, those are his quarterbacks. Uh, Najee Harris, James Conner, Brian Robinson, Elijah Mitchell, Raheem Mostert, Leonard Fournette, and Keontae Ingram are his running backs. Stefan Diggs, Garrett Wilson, Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, Marquise Brown, Jamison Williams, Cedric Tillman are his receivers. George Kittle and Tyler Higby are his tight ends. People will rip on this guy's quarterbacks, uh, Michael Zuga's quarterbacks. Aiden, I will not be one of those guys. I think this could work out. I would have liked to see another one, but you could probably pick one up off the uh, the waiver wire. I think there's some question marks at running back, but you can make it the case that there's a lot of questions at running back for a lot of the teams in the, in the league. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. His receivers might be the best in the Revelations format. And I'm not sold on the tight ends. I think they can get it done if Kittle has a big year. So this is another team that's um, got a, a significant amount of question marks, but I definitely could see this team working out and winning this league. If you had to set an over-under for what week Anthony Richardson starts his first game, what would you say it's at? Oh, God. Um, because it's weird. I could genuinely see this let, being let, I'm, I'm trying to predict four. this line. Let, let's say – let's say um, – Let's say um, 10 of 21 for 187 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. How about that? For his first ever game as an NFL quarterback. Yeah, that's what, what right. week? What no, week? I'm saying week one. I'm saying week oh, one. Saying week, you, so you that's think he week starts one. week one? Yes, I do. Okay. I, I'm, 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 listen, who, who's the backup there? Gardner Minshew? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I'm Minshew, say, I think Minshew plays a lot, which is, I love Richardson. Okay. As a prospect, I do think – I think they take it super slow, training wheels approach, and don't rush it because I do think he would get exposed this year. I think they're going to really work on refining the uh, the footwork, watching, learning, processing the NFL speed. Right. He's played, He started 15 games at Florida. I think I, – it wouldn't shock me if it's a, a Lance and Mahomes situation where their first, year, first years it's occasional appearances, maybe one or two starts, and that's about it. I, the concern I have with Richardson is not his rushing, not his deep. He throws a great deep ball. Oh, it's yep. that short, short yardage accuracy, which he struggled with in high school, struggled with in college. And I got to believe he's probably going to struggle with in the mm -hmm. pros, which might hurt Pittman uh, too. But we'll see on that. But I think the fact that you have Russell Wilson there, it makes a lot of sense. Let's get yeah. on to Dan Williamson from the GOAT district, uh, his team at the 10 spot. Patrick Mahomes, his lone quarterback. Running backs, Damian Pierce, Joe Mixon, Devin A. Chain, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, Clyde Edwards-Alaire at running backs. CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Debo Samuel, Kadarius Tony, Marvin Mims, Hunter Renfro, Van Jefferson, Kayshawn Booty, the tight ends, Juwan Johnson, Irv Smith, Michael Mayer. Okay, this is a very – this is probably the most interesting team that I have seen in Revelations tonight. So, obviously, love the quarterback and, and Mahomes. I think he can get it done at running back. You can kind of cobble. You can, you can make the pieces fit throughout the season there. He's got a good foundation with Pierce and Mixon, A-Chain, and, and Penny, and, and Gainwell, obviously, from the Eagles. Receiver, I can get on board with. Lamb, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Debo Samuel, sure. Kadarius Tony is your number four, absolutely. He waited on tight end. He got the 14th tight end off the board in Juwan Johnson. He got Irv Smith the following round, and then Michael Mayer. I think I'm okay with the tight ends. You got to figure out which one you're starting from week to week. I like this from a best ball perspective rather than a managed league perspective. But Dan Williamson knows what he's doing. I think this is a solid team. I think this is a very competitive team. And I think at the end of the season, we are talking about the overhyped sleeper competing for a Revelations title. I think this is... 
him or JD so far have had my favorite team. Mm. Uh, I like the guys he, he picked. I know some like what he did at running back. Uh, I think is smart because at that point he kind of went for some safety. Again, I think Joe Mixon stinks. I think a lot of people do, but again, he's the only one there, so it's might as well in the sixth round, especially when Damian Pierce is the only other one. The only thing that I, I liked uh, when Devin Achan got picked, just like every fairness center, like eyeballs, like holy crap, like they're running it. They have a track team. This is great. Then part of me feels as though Raheem Mostert was good for them. That's that's McDaniel's guy. In this format, I would honestly in that he Mostert went in fifteenth. I think Mostert's going a little bit too low. I would have liked to see him kind of pair them up because I think mm. one or the other. It, it might have been more of a crapshoot. Maybe I'm thinking too along the lines of best ball. I like Asian, but I, I think uh, this is just a random sign. I think Mostert's value is way better out of the Dolphins okay. field, but he doesn't okay. stay healthy, so that's yeah. part of it. And then all of a sudden, it's a chain time, right? Yeah, you know, at I that mean, point. Um, the uh, the huggers, aka the tree huggers, aka Todd Hunter, drafting from the 11 spot tonight. Josh Allen was his. Uh, quarterback that he drafted, he did not draft the backup. The running backs, Jonathan Taylor, Isaiah Pacheco, Alexander Madison, Shamal J. P. Ryan, Ty J. Spears, Jarek McKinnon at running back, A.J. Brown, Amari Cooper, Michael Pittman, Quentin Johnston, Wandale Robinson, Alec Pierce, Zay Jones, and Michael Gallup. The tight ends, Chiga Quanco, Sam Laporta, Tyler Conklin. I like this team, but I will say this. I think Todd Hunter drafted a lot of players that I happen to like quite a bit as well. And that's why I'm identifying it. So if you want to rip on the team construction, then maybe we could agree on that. Um, but I think when when you look at this squad, if I'm looking at the weakness on this team, because I like Taylor, because I like Pacheco and Madison and, and Samaj P. Ryan so much, uh, the fact that he got all those guys, the 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 part of this team that I question is a Conquo who had a half good season with Tennessee, Sam Laporta, who's a rookie, and Tyler Conklin. God knows what he's going to be capable of pulling off this year. I think those are the question marks I have for this team. Otherwise, I like it, uh, Aiden, when I look at this squad. only thing I can think of right now is it, the Isaiah Pacheco at the 4-1, I think, is one of the craziest picks I've seen so far early this year. It's like, what no, is, no what hold on, hold on, hold on. He got a – Pacheco was the, was, the, was the 602 in this draft. No, no, I'm. That's what I'm saying. When I'm looking at his draft, all I can think about is in Genesis how he went at the 401. Oh, was, got it, got it. I'm yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yep. Blowing my mind. No, I think this is a solid team. Uh, I love AJ Brown. I like Jonathan Taylor. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I do think there's some reaches. Aconco, eh, Madison. I, I. It's just I don't know what they're gonna do there. It sounds like was way was loving the upside when it felt like oh Dalvin's gone. Now right. it's like, oh, no, Dalvin's coming. Your guy, Florida State guy, Dalvin's coming back. Um, so I'm a little hesitant there. I don't like Samaje as much as you do, even though I do think the opportunity is going to wow. be there because Javante is not going to be back. But Dude, Sam- P. Ryan in the ninth round, a guy who should be a starting running back till October. Yeah, I'm in. It's I'm interesting in. to me. We talk about these. It was There was more disparity in some of these drafts in terms of differences between yeah, like picks on some notable names too. That was surprising to me, and I don't know. You've been doing covering these way longer than I've been been following. If that's often the case, but this year there was somewhere I'm like, wow, there's, there's a lot of differences here. Right. Yeah. 
Well, well, I'll just bring up P Ryan. And by the way, uh, Fantasy Mojo is the guy su supplying all our ADP data tonight. So, Maja P Ryan in the Fantasy Pros Championship over the last two weeks, running back 39 on average at the 909. He's gone as high as the 811. He has gone as late as the um, 1103 tonight in the um, Revelations draft. Um, Samaj P. Ryan goes at the uh, what was it? The 911. So kind of in the middle um, for that, which which I'm on board with. I just I look at it from the standpoint of I believe the Broncos running back or the Broncos offense can't be as bad as it was last year. The fact that the Broncos have invested so much in a P. Ryan, I'm on board with him in the ninth, tenth round for sure. Let's dangerous get, words. That's dangerous words. It can't, well, can't be I'm, worse. Just well, watch. Watch Russell Wilson cook next and, year. Ball and, well, and here's the thing. Like, let's say he doesn't. And and I drafted Samaj P. Ryan in the ninth round or the tenth round. What am I really out? You know, tree huggers. Uh, Todd Hunter took him as his number four running back. If the Broncos stink, is that really that big of a loss? I don't think so. But if the Broncos get on board with what Sean Payton, uh, Sean Payton's preaching, and they they end up turning out a a halfway decent offense, or maybe God forbid, an above average offense. Samaji P. Ryan's looking great as far as getting you off to a fast start in the Fantasy Pros Championship, the FFPC main event. That's the way I look at it here with P. Ryan. I could be wrong. It's only happened once before. Uh, moving on. <laughs> they run the Team 12 tonight, and this was a polarizing team. Todd Aaron, the man genius of fantasy football. Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins. Ironically enough, Aiden, a dynasty team I took over um, in a private league uh, this past year, those are my starting two quarterbacks in that league right now is Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins. I can get on board with that. I can make that work. The running backs for uh, Todd Aaron, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, Jeff Wilson, Kareem Hunt, Dwayne McBride. The receivers, Devontae Adams, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett, Sky Moore, Romeo Dobbs, and Nico Collins. The tight ends, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, and Noah Fant. There is no question. It is art inarguable. You cannot debate it. Uh, the mad genius of fantasy football, Todd Aaron, has the best tight ends in this league. Hawkinson, Pitts, and Waller. I am fine with Smith and Cousins. He can get it done with those two guys. Let's look at the other positions. Barkley, Kamara, Jamal Williams, Jeff Wilson, Kareem Hunt. Best ball, okay, I can get on board. Manage leagues, I don't know. It's it's a little bit questionable at that point. And then the receivers, Adams, yeah, sure, as your number one. But after that, you have the Seahawks of JSN and Lockett and then Sky Moore, Romeo Dobbs, Nuka Collins. FFPC, you only have to start two wide receivers, so you can make it work. But I question the receiver depth. That is my big question here for this team. Other than that, I can get on board with the running backs. I love the quarterbacks. The tight ends are inarguably the best in the league. But the question for me is the receivers. Does he have enough? Love is a strong word for those quarterbacks. Like is I was. You well, I mean, I, I'm looking at the draft capital for him. He, he waited yeah. until the 10th round. That's why and I love him. Like Smith and Cousins. The elite, yeah. the elite quarterbacks is such an advantage. And I was a big, I wait on my quarterback because the, the difference between a QB four overall and 11 is uh, not, not as relevant, right? That kind of started changing my philosophy last year when I'm getting cooked in this category week after week. Because Kirk Cousins was always my answer. Dude, I'll, I'll 15th QB off the board every year. Kirk Cousins is a lock for a top 10 quarterback. He, he, he did it again last year, I'm pretty sure. But right. just difference. So that concerns me. I don't like the running backs. This might be a little bit of a take late and 
just spitballing because it's 11 p.m. at night, so I don't want to say anything <laughs> that gets me in trouble. But like, there's an outside possibility that Kendra Miller is the best Saints running back at the end of the Ooh, year. Ooh, spicy. Alvin Kamara probably suspended six games. Also struggled down the stretch. That team's not good. Jamal Williams, I, one of my favorite personalities, just feels like, I don't know, I just every year I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant. He finds a way. I think the Saints are going to be bad, So I, and I, but I like Kendra Miller in that spot. I'm not super high on this team because also you talk about the tight ends are good, but Arthur Smith hates Kyle Pitts for no apparent reason. Darren Waller, paper cut out for three weeks. Yeah, just a lot of questions here. There are some questions, questions. And, and, and I get like, and I wonder if like when you are drafting in the Genesis League or the Revelations League where you know you are going up against the best of the best, I wonder if you're like, okay, I'm going to go in with, with the attitude of I am going to be weak at a certain position and I'm going to load up with high upside guys at every other position to try to win this league. Because let's face it, if you don't win first place, it's kind of like whatever. We talked about how John David from the GOAT District is the defending champ of the Revelations League. We talked about how Brent Studebaker is the defending champ of the Genesis League. Who finished second in either of those leagues? Uh, I don't know because we, we it's it's not like you get an automatic pass to the Fantasy Pros Championship by finishing second in this league. You don't get an automatic pass to the FFPC main event by being a runner-up. Like You have to win it or nobody remembers, right? And, and I think that plays into it a little bit where, especially with Todd Aaron, like loading up at certain positions and then trying to figure it out later, I, I think is a, is a popular um, uh, method of, of trying to win in, in this league. Is it right? Is it wrong? Well, that's debatable, but I definitely see why Aiden, why people do this. And there, one team 12, my last point, another kind of somewhat lukewarm take you can't win a fantasy championship in a closed league when Saquon Barkley is your first round pick. Cause when the really weeks that, in the weeks that matter down the street, well, it depends on how you draft after it's a hyperbole, but for the most part, he's not going to be giving you the numbers you need from a first round pick when it's crunch time in the fantasy playoffs. I don't know. I think I'm that's confident debatable. in that. I'm confident okay. in that. We will confident. find out in, in yeah. six days, Aiden, when the giants and the rest of the NFL schedule is revealed. And we will find out who he is playing against. Doesn't matter who he's playing. I think he just wears down. I think it's you saw it last year. Well, there is something to be said for that. Yes, there is just too much mileage and injuries. But but can't you if you're going if you're going to have that take on on Saquon Barkley, isn't there something to be said for taking him at the end of the first round and then loading up on other skill positions and then trying to figure out the running back position as the season goes on and then. Getting a guy like Pacheco or getting a guy, you know, like one of the rookies or whatever, that um, can not necessarily, you don't want to bench Barkley uh, when it comes to be those weeks, but supplement Barkley's um, output. And and I think that Barkley could be part of your championship winning team, maybe not the catalyst for your championship winning team. Yeah. And I, I think, as you said, the schedule will matter. I was all in on Saquon last year, right? The ADP was was dropped. Um, it was late. It ended up getting into, I would, I think it finished around super early second, but at some points early, it was early third, late second. And I was all in there. I'm, I have sold all my Saquon shares after last year. He, helped lead me to, <laughs> he led me to a somewhat successful season, but did not do well in the, the fantasy playoffs. I'm selling my shares now because I'm off the train again. Injury, something's going to happen, or I just don't trust him uh, down the stretch of the fantasy season.
Uh, listen, th this was fantastic. And I would love to go through the 12 rounds or the 12 teams mm -hmm. of the Genesis draft. We just don't have the time tonight. It would be another hour plus. And let's face it, you and I got bigger fish to fry this weekend. Uh, Aiden LaCory at Aiden LaCory on Twitter, the FFPC media and uh, marketing coordinator. You have another podcast right here on this FFPC YouTube channel coming up on Sunday night, right? tentatively on sunday uh that's what we're planning for may move it around depending because we did the live draft culture but the tentative plan is to cover a best ball tournament draft sunday at 8 p.m perfect uh so we will we will tune in to the ffpc youtube channel for that at ffpc on twitter F, uh, at fantasy football players championship on facebook it will be streaming to all those spots we will get the uh, final draft boards for the Genesis and Revelations posted, not only on social media, but also on the FFPC message boards. Uh, Aiden, this was such a treat. This is the first time. This is the first time you and I have ever done a podcast together, right? I if I remember so. it correctly, I, for, I, for two hours. For for two hours, I don't. I might. I feel like I've been on with you, but maybe that was just me talking with you in other. Well, parts. we've been on remember. together. But I think for this length of time, this length I, for sure, yeah, it, this yeah. was the first time. So it was fun. Appreciate you having me. I absolutely. I hope Turf enjoyed the Sixers game that he was at tonight. I hope uh, Farrell Elliott enjoyed Nashville, which he was at tonight, attending one of his uh, gigs for one of his uh, the, the musical uh, talent acts that he represents. Uh, but I'm so thankful that I got to do a podcast yeah. with you. This I can guarantee you, Turf did not enjoy the Sixers game. I can guarantee. Is that what it, the Celtics won? Is that what it was? I, okay. All right. My apologies to Dave Tripoli, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So the, the plan is Sunday night, you and Terp doing a FFPC uh, best ball tournament, $200,000 grand prize, $125 to answer. You can enter it at myffpc.com. We will look forward to that as, as the schedule dictates right now, my, my friend, right? Yep. Okay. Yep, exactly. Aiden, thank you so much. Appreciate it, dude. Thank you for having me. Aiden LaCore, the FFPC main event, uh, FFPC main event, the FFPC marketing and uh, media uh, coordinator. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Aiden LaCore. So glad that he was able to pop on tonight. I want to thank Brent Studebaker, Jake Belish, Aiden, and the FFPC, of course, Rob, Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you for hanging out, watching us, or listening to this podcast later. As a reminder, you can win $1 million in the FFPC Fantasy Pros Championship at just a $350 entry fee at myffpc.com. If you register by June 1st and draft by June 15th, you will get a free $35 league credit. If you want to do it up to three times, three league credits into your account. That's over $100 in free fantasy football teams with the FFPC. Make sure you're taking advantage of that at myffpc.com. Register for Dynasty Startup Drafts now at myffpc.com. You can get it at the $100 level. You can get it all the way up to the $5,000 uh, level. We've been doing Dynasty for almost a decade, over 1,200 leagues, probably over 1,300 leagues at this point. Never had a league fold. So if you want to play Dynasty, we don't have to worry about if the league's folding or anything like that. MyFFPC.com is your destination for that. A $1 million grand prize is available in the FFPC main event. Register for that at MyFFPC.com. Register prior to the early bear deadline, which is the end of May. And if you do that, you will be able to get in on the FFPC Pros versus Joe's drawing where you can compete against um, any number of uh, FFPC industry pros um, and 
battle for a 2024 FFPC main event entry. Uh, that is going on right now. MyFFPC.com, register for that. If you are a best ball guy, we talked about best ball a ton tonight. Best ball guy or best ball girl, best ball woman, best ball man, whatever it is. MyFFPC.com is your home for the FFPC best ball tournament. A $200,000 grand prize, just a $125 entry fee. And if you want to play super flex, hey, we got that covered for you as well. $50,000 grand prize at just a $35 entry fee in the FFPC Superflex Best Ball Tournament. If you want to just getting your feet wet, just watching this for the first time, hey, that's cool. We appreciate you. Get in a closed 12-team draft for just $5 uh, at myffpc.com. Slow drafts, live drafts, sit-and-go drafts, 30-second, 60-second, two-hour, six-hour drafts, all available at myffpc.com. That is what's going on there. If you want to get more content like this, last night we did two full hours on the Better Sports Network with Fantasy Pros Pat Fitzmaurice, myself and him, chopping up NFL uh, draft uh, fallout. We talked about Fantasy Pros draft stuff going on. Uh, you can watch that at FFPC uh, YouTube channel youtube.com slash ffpc fantasy the full two-hour show with myself and pat is on there as well in case you missed the road of his high stakes lowdown which happened tuesday night at 10 o'clock brian valenti a guy who has won 12 ffpc dynasty leagues he and i talked about rookie drafts which will be going on with the ffpc starting tomorrow at 10 o'clock i believe it's 10 o'clock maybe it's nine o'clock eastern um uh saturday morning so you may want to watch that before you get your uh uh, FFPC rookie dress launch. Uh, make sure you're watching that youtube.com slash FFPC fantasy. Uh, we are back next Friday at 10, nine central, our normal time, former FFPC, uh, excuse me, former FPC champ, Kurt Anderson. Guys yeah, drafted a bunch of drafts already this season. He is going to join myself and Farrell Elliott next uh, Friday at 10, nine central. It's going to be a lot of fun. So don't miss that. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, just want to let you know that if you are looking for the full draft boards for the Genesis and Revelations Leagues, they will be posted this weekend um, on all the FFPC social channels, so you'll be able to check out what everybody did. We're not going to block um, the, the team names, so you'll see what some of these more accomplished FFPC drafters, um, Fantasy Pros drafters have done. We're going to let you see what they did in this league um, because it is fully exposed, and um, and you can find out what you should be doing in your drafts as, as we go forward here. Fantasy Pros Championship drafts are going to be going on all this weekend. I'm going to be commissioning pretty much all of them, so if you want to um, take what you've learned tonight and try to win a million bucks in the Fantasy Pros Championship at just a $350 entry fee. That would be great. Um, that is the way that that you get to be on this show and, and maybe uh, you know this live draft coverage going forward. So make sure you're doing that. It's going to be a great weekend uh, for everybody celebrating the Kentucky Derby. Good luck to you, and um, may the balls fall your way in the uh, FFPC and the Fantasy Pros Championship. We'll be back with you next Friday at 10, 9 Central, myself and Farrell Elliott. 
Thanks for watching, everybody.